time to let old things die. Snoke, Skywalker, the Sith, the Jedi, the Rebels, let it all die. Ray, I want you to join me. We can rule together and bring a new order to the galaxy. Don't do this, Ben. Please don't go this way. No, no, you're still holding on! Let go! Do you want to know the truth about your parents? Or have you always known? Are you just hidden it away? You know the truth. Say it. Say it. They were nobody. They were filthy junk traders who sold you off for drinking money. <laughs> the dead in a pauper's grave in the Jakku Desert. You have no place in this story. You come from nothing. You're nothing. But not to me. Join me. I call the death throes of December oh, and nice. I I know that the horrors of my least favorite holiday Christmas right around the corner Stephen um, I know you are a huge fan of the night before and tend to watch that movie multiple times every year you mean like last night and the night before because yeah. I probably did uh, yeah mm-hmm. yeah um, we are recording on the 15th of December mm. how many times this year do you feel you've seen this movie uh, at this point. Yeah, because last year I, I had seen it a lot by this point. Because this is right around mm-hmm. the time we had Ross on for the Star Wars holiday special, I believe. Right. Yeah. And I had seen it uh, like 15 times probably, like once a day. Mm-hmm. But this time I've really like toned it down with that movie only like three times this year. Wow, just three. Yeah, right. Okay. I think you've rubbed uh, off on me. I'm really not feeling the Christmas spirit. I'm really not feeling 2019 or I think this decade. I'm just ready for a whole new thing. Um, the mm-hmm. 20s. It's got to be better. The Roaring Twenties, yeah. just around the corner. Bringing it back. I've already painted pantyhose seams off the back of my legs. I'm ready for <laughs> ready it. Ready for it. Sweet. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Austin, how do you how do you feel about about the holidays? Are you are you ready for it? Are you excited? Uh, are you a rational person and hate it as well? What What are your thoughts? I'm typically pretty excited for Christmas um, yes. in the, just the most secular way possible. Yes. Um, it is baldly <laughs> capitalistic for me. Uh, I want to be given presents, and I want to give presents. Uh, it's weird. People say um, stuff like this all the time where they're like, I just really like buying presents now that I'm older. What's weird is it's true. Uh, I, yep. The idea of buying something for someone and like thinking about it is a ton of fun. And I really like trying to figure out what they're going to enjoy and um, 
seeing them like get it and me being like, that's right, I was right, you like that thing. <laughs> it's really, it, see, in the end, it's all about me. It's about me justifying my choices. Uh, I like Christmas, though. It's, I think um, it can be kind of taxing and ang- anxiety-inducing, <laughs> but uh, more than anything, yeah. uh, I just want to get presents. Yeah, for other people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I want to give <laughs> yeah. presents. I do. Uh, we have my my girlfriend and I, Andrea. We have a, a new uh, movie tradition. Ours are uh, we watch. Well, this one we she and I had done separately. And then when we started dating, we both realized that we are massive fans of a Muppet Christmas Carol, um, which is okay. the best Dickens adaptation that's ever been done, hands down. Mm. Uh, and then the second one is also Dickens related. It is called The Man Who Invented Christmas and stars uh, Dan Stevens as hot ass as Charles Dickens oh. himself. <laughs> okay. And it's about him writing uh, A Christmas Carol. If uh, I can get into this. Yeah, it's it's like just super heartwarming, um, funny. It's it's just good. So I'll check that out. I also, you know, rewatch Home Alone, Home Alone 2, The Santa Claus. Last year, she and I watched a movie called Santa Claus the Movie. Yes. Um, have you seen that? <laughs> I grew up on that movie. Oh, what Stephen, you, you and I grew up on that movie together Dude. from a distance. Oh, my God. That movie it, is bonkers. It is totally crazy. Yeah. <laughs> like, as a kid, I remember being into it because of the, like, sort of fantasy element. But we mm-hmm. rewatched it, and I was like, "This is pure, just pure insanity." John Lithgow chewing up scenery. Oh man, like, amazing! That dude, I swear, he was just like, "You know what? My career's done after this. You guys are gonna remember me. <laughs> like You're it. gonna remember me." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was into it obviously because as a child, like all children, I was a huge Dudley Moore fan. Obviously, yes. Ten-year-olds uh, <laughs> love Arthur. Yeah. <laughs> Which weirdly, as a ten-year-old, yeah, my parents showed me Arthur, and I remember watching okay. Arthur a lot. Never, I actually have never seen Arthur, uh, and I am—I wouldn't say a huge Dudley Moore fan, but uh, the Santa, Santa Claus the movie, which first off, amazing title, You're right? Um, uh, yeah, really, like, you know uh, what? Submitted him. Fuck it, call it Santa Claus the movie. Yep. Who cares? <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> It's one of a, it's one of the craziest John Lithgow performances. Uh, Santa Claus is played by Mr. Lebowski from was, Big Lebowski. You beat me to it. I was about to say yeah. that. <laughs> Which it's just dude, fucking he, crazy. He's suave. Like he, he yeah. does a good job. Like he, he's he, a great Santa. He delivers the goods. Yeah, absolutely. I haven't seen that again this year. Uh, there's a bunch I've I've lacked on this year, but uh, now you're making me really want to see that because I barely ever get to speak to anybody who's ever seen it. So Dude, this is amazing. I I wasn't sure if I remembered it correctly or not, but like yeah. m- maybe midway through the movie, there is a scene that is essentially a commercial for Coca-Cola. <laughs> and I was like, all right, yeah. here here it comes, here it comes. So there's this like street urchin. He's got these like fingerless gloves like seriously they were just like go to kmart buy a street urchin costume bring it to set and put (laughs) this kid in it so he's on the street he's cold uh and this girl leaves a plate of like steaming hot uh you know christmas essentials turkey and gravy and stuffing and that kind Mm -hmm. of thing and then he starts to drink a coca-cola and like perfectly angles it so you can see (laughs) the title of the can and the the, like moonlight glinting off of it and i was like jesus christ did it seriously is like Coke paid for this movie. It, it's very I'm down strange. For that. 
they were like, you know what? This is going to be a huge hit. We should really put a commercial inside this. <laughs> That's right. People, this is going to redefine Christmas. Brent, seriously, dude, you, the, the reindeer fly because they eat this special dust that is sprinkled onto their hay. Right. Cocaine. It's pure crack. But then... So the 80s, right? It's, it's, the, yeah. it's the 80s. So obviously, Brant, it then turns yeah. into a story about capitalism and selling <laughs> the dust to everyone who can then fly. Okay. It's amazing. I think, and, and obviously things happen in the in the movie that uh, this evil plan does not come to full fruition, but right. uh, I, I'm now you're talking about it and you described the plot that way, I'm like, man, I really would like to see a sequel where they're like, the, everybody's a superhero now, everybody can fly. Right. It changes warfare, it changes the entire world. Oh, yeah. Santa Claus is in the middle of it. You know, there's like, an, it'd be great. In all of those movies, especially like this and the Santa Claus with Tim Allen, mm-hmm. you see what's going on at the North Pole. They're making the toys and everything. And they're always making the most boring, like, little wooden, like, this is a duck with a string. You pull it behind you. And then they are showing these kids in the 80s or in uh, the case of the Santa Claus in, like, mid to late 90s. They're like, oh, look, I got a duck with a string on it. Also, that's that over there is those three skateboards that are welded together that I got, which is a real fucking gift in the Santa Claus because we just watched that the other night where he's like, (laughs) the kid's like reclining on these three skateboards (laughs) that are welded. I remember those coming out. Yeah. I've never seen one in person. I've only ever seen it in the the movie. Yeah. Is that where they're like attached like long ways Mm -hmm. together? Like they're all in a row? like they're hinged together. Yeah, what's the point? Of I don't. That? It, it looks like the the factory screwed up, and they're like, "Sell that shit, put it on the shelf." <laughs> it's the human centipede of skateboards. <laughs> it is. You know, it is. And they're like, "This is going to be a huge Christmas seller. Everybody loves the human centipede. <laughs> they love right. skateboards." Do you want a skateboard times three? <laughs> You're going to be skateboarding so hard. I feel like there was like a handle on one end, so you could kind of like. It's there almost is. like a scooter. Is yeah. that like kind of the point? I don't yeah. know. Like, so why that'd be ideal? There, it has those handle. They look sort of like bunny ears on on one end. Um, mm. Honestly, it, yeah, it just looks like they were trying to increase the danger any way they could of <laughs> sure. skateboarding. So they did it. Was it was it for like potential like skateboarding slash luge conversion? <laughs> like, <laughs> I like mid board. It was either that or kids with six legs. It's like one of those <laughs> okay, two yeah, things. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. They need longer boards, but not everybody needs that. Put them on hinges. This is a great plan. That's right. <laughs> someone, someone greenlit this entire production line. Inclusivity I like Inclusivity in the skateboard world. Super good. <laughs> so I, I bet like somebody had like an idea for like putting the three boards together, but they couldn't figure out how to do it. And then there was a guy that came in on Monday. He was like, you know, I was looking at my door this weekend. <laughs> yeah. I think I'd solve this problem. See, I wanted I wanted to see the meeting where someone created that, and they used like whatever they could hinges that they found, like just really just screwed them together, and they were like, "Hey, uh, hey, Joe, uh, go use this in the parking lot. Go make sure it's safe." You know, like, up on this thing. <laughs> yeah, it's totally fine. Um, going back to Dickens real quick. Yeah, I feel like there should be a porn parody called Dickens Dickens, where it's like a compilation of him just like fucking alive. <laughs> Dickens, Dickens. I think you could really like put that out there for the holidays, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, for... Look, when you go back home <laughs> around Christmas time, 
you know. What are you going to Especially for single. Yeah, what are you going to watch when you leave Family Christmas? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Gotta, give you something to look forward something to, Something for you know? yourself. What if yeah, uh, that's right. What if he pulled his pants down and he has no pubic hair? He's just got a tattoo of a uh, mistletoe. <laughs> and, a, and like a triangle. Right. Yeah. What if he pulled well, his, what if he pulled his pants down? I don't know why that sentence got me. <laughs> <laughs> of course. I mean, yeah, that's just a good setup. Uh, yeah. but I'm glad you mentioned the uh the Muppet Christmas Carol because I realized uh I guess that in the last year or whatever, leading up to this Christmas, that I uh, I used to watch it as a kid and I haven't seen it in years and years. Yeah. So now I kinda wanna watch that again as well. It's um I think it's uh, probably one of the best Muppet movies. Uh, like, not any mm. hyperbole there. I, I think it's just really well made all around. The songs are really good. Uh, Michael Caine's obviously really good in it, and it's Michael Caine, a Muppet yeah. movie. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah, pure. Well, I have to check that out because, uh, as I said, there I just haven't felt that Christmassy lately, and uh, I think that could do it. The Muppets could do it. You know, it's a real shame. I think yeah. it's <laughs> almost like I. I uh, hired someone to take that away from you. Almost. Yeah. I'm not saying I did. I'm not saying I didn't. You assassinated so. Christmas in my life? Mm, I don't know. <laughs> I have to wait and see. Yeah. Wake up on the 25th and you let us know, Stephen. There's like a, a dark Sith elf outside my <laughs> outside my windows sniping me. It's going to be like um, you're going to be recording from your from your iPhone and it's just a shot like in um, Blair Witch, where it's just like up your nose, essentially. You wake up, <laughs> it's like, I'm here. All my Christmas decorations are just gone. No presents. No Christmas movies at all streaming anywhere. Uh, no, no. actually, my, my worst fear would be I can't find any of the Christmas stuff that I grew up on. Uh, all I can find is Hallmark Channel Christmas movies. Uh, oh, okay. You and don't like those? ones. And I got to watch them all. That's the that's actually my Christmas nightmare. I'm not into any of that. I haven't seen any of those, any of the the Hallmark ones. I just hear about them and they look so awful. They do look bad. I kind of want is Noel. Is that one a Hallmark one? It's a Disney Plus one. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's why I keep seeing it. But that. it looks like a Hallmark one. Yeah, it for does. sure. It does. Just with better people in it maybe. Yeah, I, it's got yeah. Hater and um Mhm. Um, Tulsa Zone. The person whose name I can't remember the the Anakin Skywalker. Skywalker. Anakin Skywalker is in it. Um, <laughs> yep. It's a real big surprise. Yeah, spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, Brent. Hello. Uh, what do you say we go ahead and just jump into this thing? Sure. And uh, we got all this Christmas talk out of the way. I'm sure you were dreading that, and you can shipper this away now. So there you <laughs> yeah. go. Get it out. Uh, we're we're doing it. I'm Stephen. I'm Brent, and welcome to Let's Talk About Stuff and. It's the show where you can ask yourself, is it possible for one brown guy and two bald white guys to <laughs> host a podcast together? The answer is yes, of course. A story of coming together. That's right. I didn't know I had a bald brethren up in here. Yeah. That's nice. Oh, yeah, I'm bald as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I pictured you with a full, luxurious head of hair. I don't know. Uh, I, didn't, I, I guess I don't know what you look like. The last time that would have been possible, I would have been 20 years old. Okay, wow. A 24 is when I started to go. Yeah. Um, uh, so I'm, I uh, grew up with a flaming red, red-headed head of hair. Nice. Uh, nice and red. Then it went mm-hmm. brown, uh, and then it just went away. <laughs> it was... Mm-hmm. You were, so you started off in the, uh, the fiery primes of, uh, of, of autumn. 
Yeah. And then I just quickly died from there throughout your entire life. I've until had a, 20. a winter head since my <laughs> early 20s. Um, That's what I would like. I'm going to call it from that. I don't, I'm not bald. I have a winter head. This is a winter head. You guys, <laughs> People are like, what? This is what happens in the winter. Yeah. Um, it turns out also uh, when I had hair, I looked like a real fucking idiot. Um, so me, me losing it was just about the best thing that could have happened to me. Um, yeah. Because I'll see pictures of me with hair and I'm like, Jesus. Now, listener, you're hearing a third voice there. And if you're asking yourself, who will the third host be? Austin Wilson. Austin Wilson from Hideous Energy and the legendary LTAS award winning webcomic, Super Cute, is, is, is on the show today. Austin, welcome to Let's Talk About Stuff. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be here. It's been a long time coming. I knew eventually we would here on the show have a long form Star Wars discussion. Yeah. And uh, so Stephen and I, just to give some uh, back, uh, backstory here, uh, we wanted to do the Star Wars movies for a long time on the show, but neither of us wanted to spend money on the prequels. Right. But uh, luckily, uh, <laughs> I put in a call into Bob Iger. He put Disney Plus together. It's a long story. Mm-hmm. But we were able to um, watch episodes two and three for our rewatch this year. Wow. But I knew when we were doing that, that we had to have you on because you are a massive Star Wars fan. And uh, when I when you and uh, your co-host David Hopkins were doing Hideous Energy regularly, you would sometimes dovetail into Star Wars talk. And as me not not being a fan of Star Wars at the time, um, I even even then I would still enjoy and just like devour your enthusiasm for the property. Wow, thank you. So uh, I'm very, very happy to to have you on. I'm a, a fan of people being fans about things, except for Hitler. Um, yeah. That's <laughs> not that bottom of the list. Not good. Not what good. was he a fan of? Just, uh, just bad stuff. General, general <laughs> bad stuff. Bad things. We don't have to get into that here. <laughs> he really loved Pinky in the Brain. Uh, hey, super hey, love hey, them. Don't, don't, don't drag Pinky <laughs> in the Brain down there. Wouldn't he like that show, though? I, I feel like he would find the brain to be a challenger Okay, uh, maybe you're right. Throne. Yeah, I, 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 he would be a rival yeah. to him. <laughs> Saved it. Fair enough. <laughs> we are Close. not a Hitler show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we are not Hitler apologists. And Piggy no. in the Brain is not his favorite. No. Got it. No. My bad. No, no. He's, uh, he's more of a Nicktoons guy. There, I said it. Oh, wow. <laughs> it had to be said. Disney afternoon rules. Darkwing Duck for life, That's baby. Right. <laughs> Gargoyles. Hell yes. Fuck yes. I started watching that again yesterday. Dude, I started uh, watching like it recently, morning. too. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Uh, oh, yeah. Brent and I have been talking about this. Disney Plus is just like, it's just our childhood, man. It's awesome. Yeah, I'm, uh, let's just go ahead and get right into the, the ennui, the, mm. my existential angst over Star Wars. <laughs> sure. Um, the, the Star Wars Disney thing, specifically Disney Plus, like, I don't want to feed the beast. Mm-hmm. But damn it, Mandalorian's good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, seriously. It really is. Okay, good. I was I was going to ask you about that. Um, I, I wasn't sure if you were watching it week to week or if you were kind of saving it up, but it sounds like you're a week to week watcher. I'm a week to week watcher. Um, mm-hmm. since, you, I, since I know you guys are so close with, with uh, Bob, Bobby Iggs, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. put a call in for him to give some sort of notification system to let me know when a new episode of, of the Mandalorian up is up because they have nothing in place right now that I am aware of. 
Mm. Um, every Friday. Every Friday. Yeah, see, that's not been my experience. Maybe I've just missed a Friday. Has it been every Friday? I feel like that's wrong, yeah. Brent. No. <laughs> Brent, I think you're wrong. So so the, the first episode came <laughs> Steven, out. Steven thinks you're wrong, too. I'm on Austin's side of this. <laughs> no, okay. I don't know. All right. All right. <laughs> Feeling ganged up on. Okay. Hmm. Two white people ganging up on a brown it's guy. It's the Santa Claus right, the movie uh, <laughs> coalition over here. No, no, no. So, so the first episode launched on a Tuesday when Disney Plus launched. Mm. But since then, every Friday it's So your out. statement, every Friday, would in fact be incorrect. Oh, wow. Right. <laughs> you were asking when new episodes <laughs> dropped. Oh. The answer to that question is every Friday. Your Honor, I please <laughs> ask the court He's to back. reframe the questions in my favor. So um, I didn't put The Mandalorian on my list because um, it's not finished yet. Mm-hmm. So, so I, sure, so I right. can't rate yeah. it as far as where it falls, uh, which is, you know, a little hint for whatever we're going to be doing later. But, d- yeah, Star Wars, mm-hmm. Disney Plus, I love it. I, It's... Weird thinking of Star Wars as being uh, owned by a giant corporation, um, but I've mm. had a positive experience with it since uh, since the new movies have started coming out. So, yeah, okay, well, cool, cool. Um, well, I, you know what? Let's let's just get into it, so uh, so our listeners can get to know your your tastes, your flavor of Star Wars. Um, do you have your your list for your Star Wars film rankings? I do. Okay, and, <laughs> and like when we had uh, Ross Lichtai on to discuss the rankings, uh, if you could include Solo, Rogue One, and of course, the Star Wars Holiday Special, even though it was a TV special, that would be fantastic. Oh, don't worry. I included every single thing. It's all on. Oh, man. Yes. Excellent. <laughs> all of it. Um, it's all true. So, a little bit of background. First Star Wars movie I ever saw was Return of the Jedi. If anyone's heard the Hideous mm. Energy episode where we talk about Star Wars, I, there's 50 million of them. Um, but <laughs> I saw Jedi first. I didn't know there were two other movies because my dad could never show me <laughs> trilogies in their proper order. I saw Indiana Jones Temple of Doom first. Um, I mean, technically that works. Yeah, it does. Uh, Timeline-wise, but young, yeah. young Austin wasn't aware of that. Yeah. Um, but Jedi was number one on my list for a long time. Um, mm. because I, I, I love that movie and, and partially it is biased, uh, and me being, uh, attached to it from that early age because I was just so completely blown away by everything in it. Um, so it was number one for a long time, but after I've gotten older, Empire Strikes Back is number one on my mm. list, which is probably not surprising okay. to, uh, yeah, 90% of Star Wars fans out there. Um, mm-hmm. sure. it's just an amazing movie from beginning to end. It, yes. Yeah, it really is. Uh, when we watched, rewatched them, that was like uh, our favorite of the original trilogy as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it was interesting because uh, Austin, I don't know if you knew how we're watching those. Brent, did you explain the, yeah, the he, nunchuck order? Yeah, he let me know. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we were doing the, you're, you're familiar with the machete order, right? Yes. Okay. So we've taken it and uh, bastardized it and essentially just, thrown our own name on top of it uh we call it the eltas nunchuck okay. order um because even though the machete order skips you know episode one and it doesn't include the you know the like solo Spin-offs. and all that stuff in there we will eventually loop back around okay to those yeah. <laughs> much like a, a whirling nunchuck yeah. right uh and uh, scoop all those up but for for this specific like series that we're doing we're, we're following the machete order so yeah righteous 
Good decision. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you it's interesting. Me? Have you done that before? Have you done that version of uh, rewatching the movie? I've not. Um, oh, okay. And partially, it's because I despise the prequels as much as I do. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, it's a it's a chore, man. Uh, it is a chore. And look, like I we I've talked about this a lot, and <laughs> pretty recently actually, um, because David and I are going to go see Rise of Skywalker this coming Thursday. Um, so he and I have been like interacting on Twitter with Star Wars. I've trying to avoid a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sort of at the point now where I'm just ready for it to be done. Like I want them, I want the movie to be here and out so that, yeah. I, so that I know how it turns out and then I can push past whatever the world reaction is going to be and, and ignore <laughs> <Right>. it. Seriously. <laughs> because I'm just ready to be done. Do you want me to go through my whole list? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I was just uh, want to jump in there real quick, but uh, yeah, Empire Strikes Back to start it off. What else you got? Number two, Return of the Jedi, obvious. Um, number mm-hmm. three, A New Hope. Um, once okay. I finally got to it, and I was like, "What? Holy shit, Luke! What? He doesn't in Return of the Jedi. He's got like gray hair in a couple of scenes. It's pretty strange. Almost the, where they oh, wow. weren't sure." if he should have gray hair, so they kind of sprayed some gray in his hair. Like, if you go look at some <laughs> indoor scenes, that's funny. he has kind of grayish hair. So then hmm. when I saw him on A New Hope, I was like, whoa, look at his blonde. Look at his beautiful blonde hair. <laughs> yeah. A, a, a nice little, little babe. surprise. He was a handsome guy. Um, it's even, even more jarring when you see him in the Star Wars Holiday Special. Oh, gosh, yeah. Where uh, That's pre-car wreck. Uh, my friend Ross... <laughs> my friend Ross, as he was watching it, his uh, his now fiance said, "Who's that lady?" <laughs> <laughs> She's nice. Looking. She's attractive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which I don't know if Brent, uh, the yeah. holiday special you just mentioned. So we're gonna watch Rise of Skywalker. So obviously there'll be a new hideous energy after we do that, and then Absolutely. we're going to watch the Star Wars holiday special again with a yes. giant group of people. Yes. Uh, oh, cool. yeah. It's going to be real crazy. Are you going to record <laughs> that one? I don't think so. And I don't know if we're going to oh, be okay. on drugs or if we're nice. going <laughs> to stop for, for the day and just let the, yeah. the holiday special do it to us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, after, Directly in your eyes. Right into the eyes. Right into the eyeballs. Yeah. After A New Hope, this one's probably going to have to take some discussion. Mm. The Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, okay. Which, man, the internet just couldn't be more wrong about this movie. Um, <laughs> I'm very excited to talk about that one in particular with you, because it's just so I'm I'm so on the fence about it. Yeah. And people have very strong opinions both sides. So I just don't understand uh, the. Uh, <laughs> I there is there is an aspect of the criticism for the Last Jedi that I understand, and the Canto bite scene is just bullseye mm-hmm. right in there for being the thing where I'm like, yeah, you guys should have cut this completely or edited it down. There's a lot of it that is, well, I mean, there's a lot of it that's, that's maudlin and, and and pandering to um, a certain sort of emotion that it feels heavy handed. And I don't think Mm -hmm. a lot of the movie feels that way. And having that happen the way it does, uh, it just doesn't come across that well. Um, mm-hmm. all of the fucking racist, misogynist assholes attacking Kelly Marie Tran, um, can eat shit. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. the, 
the the idea that her character Rose like Rose is given very little to do in the movie. The script is not kind to Rose. She's not given a mm, lot to do, right. um, and she's not given a lot of emotional range to show. Um, that's not her fault. Uh, that's one of the failings of the script. Um, but yeah. I, I, for me, it doesn't ruin the movie. Um, the the thing that comes the closest to me being like, oh no, is where Leia pulls herself through space using the Force. When I saw that in the theater, I was like, uh-oh, this is where <laughs> it all goes. <laughs> I would love to hear someone, I mean, like, I'm a big no talking in theaters, but I would love to hear someone in that scene just go, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that it scared me when it happened. I'm, I'm still not too big of a fan of it because... Mm. I don't know. Showing Leia use the force is fine in my book, but showing Leia use the force like that just uh, it 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 comes out of nowhere in a way that I feel like wasn't set up or earned uh, because Mm -hmm. she would have the force. Yes. um, But just showing her use it in such a an outrageously powerful way, because it's not even just that she's pulling herself back into the destroyed ship. It's that she's not dying in the vacuum of space. Um, Mm. So it's. But I, for me, that's David and I went and saw that, which, it, like, as soon as Kylo and Ray put their backs to each other to, like, fight, I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure it's in the podcast we recorded afterwards. David and I were like, oh, motherfucker, mm-hmm. yes! And, like, yeah. Yeah. as <laughs> amped up as possible. And the, the risks that that movie takes... Um, land and it the boldness that ryan johnson had to do something new because it's easy to write the middle movie of a star wars trilogy now after lawrence kasdan wrote one of the best screenplays ever for empire having that like archetype already set up not only because you know you're using those those old myths that Lucas used uh, to, to set up the story, mm. but then Kasdan basically wrote a perfect blueprint for how to do a trilogy. It's easy to do the second movie in a trilogy now. And Ryan Johnson made choices that were not those easy choices. That kid holding up the broom at the end of the movie, mm. like that is one of the like most quintessential Star Wars images that I think has come out in mm. any of the Star Wars movies because... It's kind of metatextual, which is normally something that I would absolutely, you know, knee-jerk rebel against. But it is commenting on this child that we have in us and the the, the adventure of these stories and and what they do to us and why they're so interesting and and great. And just the idea that there's always going to be somebody to fight for good and having... Mm -hmm that be wrapped up in an image rather than somebody being like there's always going to be somebody to fight for good and like literally delivering that dialogue like for me it was a fucking masterful image like a lot of that was was wrapped up in that image and that's one of the reasons why the the movie resonated with me a lot um Mm -hmm. i just have never understood the the absolute hatred for it i i don't get it yeah, I think you're hitting on a thing that that's why I'm on the fence about it all the time because I rewatched it in the last like two days and there are some parts that I'm like, oh, I like I really don't like this. Like Canto Bite is is like you said, it's like the number one for me that I'm just like, what is this? Yeah. 
And then if you take that out, then you, it's like, why is Rose even here and all this stuff? So there's there's just like a big chunk in the movie with that that's kind of off. And there's other little parts, like the, the humor that's kind of off-putting sometimes and and stuff. But then some parts, like like that lightsaber battle, or like that kid, like they when they work, they really work. Yeah. But it's there's such a dichotomy there because there's it's not like, oh, it's just an okay movie. It's just like there's some fucking cool parts and there's some really bad parts. And that's hard to, to gel. So Yeah, I think the one of the things I saw people talking about was that, you know, them tainting the idea of of who Luke was, that Luke was gonna make this decision to to go into Kylo's tent and, and hold his lightsaber mm-hmm. up and potentially, you know, think about killing him and to me that's why that's why it's interesting, is because mm-hmm. it shows that it is a constant rebalancing between dark and light. Like just yeah, because Luke is you know, this masterful Jedi, it doesn't mean he's not susceptible to the dark side that he's, he's still going to be struggling throughout his entire life. Like you see flashes of the darkness in him when he's chopping Vader's hand off and, Mm -hmm. you know, he throws his lightsaber away after that. He makes that decision to, to put himself at at risk. And I, I feel like all of that stuff tracks showing Luke go into Kylo's tent, like all of that stuff matches up perfectly with things that you've seen from him in the the original trilogy um i i really loved all that stuff like watching luke be vulnerable was great like Mm -hmm. i don't want to see him just be a fucking total badass all the time like i wrote that fucking fan fiction when i was a kid and it's not good (laughs) like you don't you don't you don't need that shit and and that's why making the the harder decisions about having something like that in the movie was way more interesting to me. I I don't want to see the Skywalker saga continue for 20 movies. I'm glad this is the end of it. Let's, let's do something else. Yeah. I think when I watched last Jedi, like um, the other day versus when I first saw it, Luke's story was really the, the big turning point for me that I was just like, it wasn't what I expected. Yeah. But now that I've I've accepted what I've gotten, I'm like, oh, I I not only like it, I agree with why it went that way, um, why he is like a hermit and like uh, just wants to be away from all this stuff and and all these things. Right. But um, it it just was so jarring to me at first because I was like, oh, I really wanted to see whatever version of Luca that I wanted to see, right? And uh, we got something wildly different. So um, now I can accept that more, and so. I try to to look at Last Jedi, you know, just more for what it is than what I wanted out of it, oh, and that helps. Dude, that's a right. That that's a big part of of in, interacting with stories in general. Um, sure. Trying to accept them for what they do and the choices they make, rather than them not doing what you wanted them to do. Because I, there were plenty of movies where I was like, "Yeah, I don't like this movie," and it took me a long time to realize I didn't like it because it didn't do exactly what I wanted it to do. Yeah. Um, and then once, yeah, like Little Mermaid. Exactly. <laughs> I was like, she does not have crab. I wanted her to have crab legs. Bullshit. <laughs> she did briefly go to Red Lobster, but that's not what you it's meant. Not, I, yeah. yeah. I yeah. wanted her to have hush puppies and biscuits, and this is not my Little Mermaid. No, but I, I think that's a that's a good point, Stephen. Yeah, doing it. You know, not accepting a movie for what for what it's doing and the decisions it's making, or um, mm-hmm. and sometimes we don't even know we're doing that. Like, yeah, if um, you're unhappy with a movie, I don't know. I 
not everyone gives a shit about movies, obviously. Um, they're wrong, but... Yeah. <laughs> Fuck those people. That's right. <laughs> um, next up after Last Jedi is Force Awakens, um, yep. which has similar problems uh, with some of the heavy-handedness, specifically the part where... Mm. Um, smoking hot oscar isaac is like as long as there's light we still have hope I'm like all right i got it <laughs> i understand what that means he like looks to the camera a new hope right you know luke <laughs> light light side of the force you know you, are, is that tracking you guys are you with me Wink. picking up what i'm putting down um this i it grows on me every time i see it uh i just have mm-hmm. a cool. lot more fun with it i think it's it's obviously very similar to a new hope and there's a lot of visual Mm. and um thematic echoes Uh, you know some would say just bites or repeats but i don't based on the kind of stories that they're telling that you know these epic myths you're gonna see those echoes like it's gonna happen there's not infinite ways to tell the same story (laughs) over and over again there are infinite stories you know with pieces remixed but the story of like the lone person saving the universe. Yeah. You know, you're going to see echoes there. Um, yeah. But after there having been no star Wars in the theater and that being the first one that came out, like it was a big deal. I was, I was pretty into it. Mm-hmm. I think it was a little hard to reorient my head around what it was doing at first, just because, and I talk about this on hideous energy a lot the star Wars that I know is not anyone else's like, which is such a weird thing to say because there's, you know, millions of people who love star Wars, but every one of them loves it in their way. Like it's very unique to the person, how you interact with the story. Um, because you have only, you have your experiences. So whatever the story is doing is playing off of the things that, that you live with day to day. And the, you know, the things that you had happen to you, previously and you know how you found the story like all these different things go into play which is one of the reasons why i can't quit star wars man <laughs> like because it's, <laughs> it's just so it's so versatile and the idea that so many people could could love this thing and all of them love it a little differently um is really cool and the idea that some kid on a different continent is going to see Return of the Jedi or, you know, see Empire and, and it changes their life. Like, that's a that's a cool thing. Um, and having The Force Awakens come out and I think it's super important that it, you know, connected with, you know, little girls and people of color. And, you know, you they saw themselves on the screen and how big of a deal that was. Like, those things matter. And whether or not people want to say shit like they just should keep politics out of it. First of all, that's impossible. Second of all, why do that? Like our lives are political, whether it's socioeconomics, whether it's interpersonal or whether it's broadly state oriented, like politics is in everything. And the idea that we keep it out of it, like if if you keep it out of it, it's going to be somebody sitting in a fucking room. It's like, that's it. Yeah, I, real quick, there was a um, uh, a different comic podcast um, that I listened to like several years ago, and they uh, lean more on the conservative yeah. side. I try not to let that affect it, but uh, they were talking about this one comic where 
um, a, a gay couple kissed or whatever, and it was just what like such shock. Was, yeah, I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> but it was uh, it wasn't like anything that was like explicit or anything. Like it was in a, a one of the big two publishers like comics, so it wasn't like you know a D and a B or anything like that. Yeah. So. <laughs> They were like, man, I just wish they would keep politics oh out of it. Gosh. And it's like, it's not politics. It's just like reality. Right. Like gay people exist. Right. Sometimes you're going to reflect do they, back Brent? it. Yeah, they do. They do, Stephen. Okay. Well, that's that's just such a, a revealing <laughs> statement. Like, I wish they would keep yeah. politics out of it. Wait, motherfucker, these are two people kissing. Like, they're not in right. a courtroom. <laughs> like, the interpersonal <laughs> politics are, are it's that is a different kind of politics the idea of keeping out relationships just ugh. let's get back to star wars before i fucking lose it i'll sure. lose it about star wars <laughs> <laughs> um after the force awakens is rogue one okay i fucking love this movie um okay. there are two parts of it that i would change and every single part that i would change has darth vader in it um, oh, wow. okay. he shouldn't be in the movie <laughs> I think that was a terrible decision yeah. it is as fan servicey as possible I am not excited that it connects right up to the beginning of A New Hope in fact I think that uh, ill serves the movie and makes it a little harder to suspend disbelief um, but visually I, I, I love the character work I'm here recently discovered I'm a massive fan of Tony Gilroy, who did some uh, rewrites on the script and is one of the people who contributed to it. Um, and I think that shows through uh, just with some of the character stuff. It's it's great. Uh, I love it. Um, I was convinced for a bit I liked it more than Force Awakens, but I'm not sure now. I mean, obviously it's behind it, but I went back and forth on that one because I've rewatched Rogue One a lot. I, I really like those characters. I like Cassie and Andor quite a bit. I'm pretty excited for his TV show. Um, I think it's good. I think I think they just did a great job with it. What about you guys, Brent? Well, uh, Brent. Stephen, it looked like you were getting ready to say, say something. Well, I, I find this really interesting because I, I want to revisit it again, and, and Brent and I probably should. Um, I, I, Solo and Rogue One, like I'm, I think I'm in the part of the population that is just like I just don't need these side stories, right? Um, and it's not so much that I don't need any of them. Like I love the Mandalorian, um, and I'm excited for like Obi Wan's show and everything. But um, Brent and I, as, as we talk about it, mostly like like uh, Rogue One and then Solo. Like, having the backstories is like having the Wolverine origin comic. Like, once I read that, I was like, oh, I didn't need to know right. where Wolverine came from. And so, really, it's more about, like, uh, I talk about Road 1 is, like, it's it's just the opening crawl to A New Hope in movie form. And I'm like, I got enough of that from the opening right. crawl. Like, I read it. It's cool. And so, I just personally just didn't need to see either of those stories. Um, but I do like some of the characters and I do like some of the aspects, but what I find hilarious is my favorite parts of it are the Darth Vader ones, <laughs> but I, but I also completely agree with you yeah. that the, I would like the movie better if he were not in it and it didn't lead up to Nihu. I, I don't like how it leads like literally up to the ship taking off that Leia is on yeah. that a new hope starts at. I thought that's a poor choice, but I just really liked seeing Darth Vader. It, to me, it was like, Oh, this is a cool moment. Uh, in this movie that I get to see Darth Vader be the badass that everybody really feared him, where I feel like the newer movies, just newer technology or cinematography now, um, the fight scenes just are more, they're just more fun and, yeah. and 
Um, you know, if you, if you watch, like, uh, Darth Vader and Obi-Wan fight in A New Hope versus Rey and Kylo fight in the new ones, it's, like, wildly different. Um, so to see Darth Vader, st- like, be that kick-ass guy was kind of fun. Uh, but I still agree with you that, like, I didn't need it for that movie. I, I When I rewatch it, I rewatch that one scene of Darth Vader just kicking ass, and that's pretty much all. I'm like, I'm cool with that. So, See, Just as a separate scene? Yeah, it's just like an extra thing in the Star Wars universe. It's in my headcanon, you know, just kind of there. Do you like it, Brent? Um, we rewatched that before we watched, was it uh, A New Hope? Is that when we? Yeah, I think it was, we, yeah, we talked about it right around then, so. Uh, okay. Um, so I thought that part was good. Um, I've only seen Rogue One the one time, and uh, it was after it came out on Netflix, and I was watching it, and um, I don't know if it was just, like, overhyped for me or whatever, but um, I thought it was kind of just okay. I didn't really know who the characters yeah. were, but I also wasn't, like, it didn't really, Star Wars didn't really click with me, like the, yeah. the older movies, until we did this rewatch, you know, starting back in November of this year. Um, so I, I definitely... Am intending to go back and rewatch it, you know, as we go through the rest of the movies. But um, I I love Alan Tudyk, yes. so I loved him as K two oh, yeah. so. Um, I love uh, non human uh, characters in, in movies for the most part, anyway. So that was kind of right up my alley. Um, but I wonder if like you know how on Disney Plus they redid A New Hope, they made that McClunky yeah, yeah. change. Uh, to the thing I feel like they also should have edited the uh, the opening scroll where it's just like Star Wars fades into the background and then it's like C colon Rogue One and then it just like moves on (laughs) (laughs) it's like everything you need to know you got there they can even have like a link like the skip intro button it could be like you want to watch Rogue One right now before you see this (laughs) right yeah see for me I agree with what you were saying earlier Stephen about um, I don't need this Mm. for me that's the entirety of solo. Um, yeah. <laughs> the, and the, and the idea of us seeing Vader as a kid, like mm. one of the worst decisions in cinematic history and just storytelling in general, showing me the origin of the, of the darkest, most vile villain ever is never going to work because it, it mm. doesn't like with, when Thomas Harris did that and Thomas Harris is an amazing writer like Red Dragon, Science of the Lambs, like those books mm. are fucking masterful. When he wrote Hannibal Rising, it just kills it. Like you, we, we mm. don't need to know the origin of this evil. You, we don't need it. it whatever yeah. it ends up being, it's not even going to come close to what is in my head. Um, and there's not a lot in Rogue One that that is any of that to me. I. I all of the mm-hmm. stuff in Rogue One, it expanded in a, in a way that I could appreciate. I really liked the idea that those exhaust ports were there because somebody hit them. And that mm-hmm. made sense to me as opposed to the Empire just being like, well, fuck, shouldn't have put those there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Austin, that's, a, that's a, a really good point about not needing to know where like a super evil um, character and a and a story comes from like that's why the Joker had no appeal for me or I guess Joker me either dude yeah me either like I don't I don't care I don't want to know his backstory yeah. I don't want to empathize I, me either yeah the, that type of character the you know best like, thing about that character in in that realm of like defining who he is was in the Dark Knight 
where he tells that story about how he got the scars yeah. and it's never the same. It's it's a different that's perfect. Yeah. That, yeah. That's it. Like taking that and then trying to make a movie like no, I, we don't I don't need to know it. Him now is more interesting to me than the journey. I guarantee it. Um and with Rogue One, the Vader stuff like there I won't lie. Like there's an aspect of it where I was like, "Oh fuck, this is cool." with the Vader uh-huh. stuff because <laughs> seeing the lightsaber pop in, in the darkness and the force yeah. used in that way. Like, yeah, there was absolutely a part of me that was, that was into it from a storytelling and from a movie making aspect. Uh, I feel like it's just so unneeded and it absolutely, that's the only part of the movie where I'm just like, this is a fan movie. This, this should have been on YouTube. Yeah. And it was like added on later on too. Right. I, Didn't they it, like refill I that? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, so it really felt like uh, we really need to add this on for the fans. Yeah, and it's just <laughs> didn't need it at all. Yeah. I, that's the the weakest part of the movie for me. I really liked the characters. I liked that. I can't remember when I when I realized it. It was probably maybe like the beginning of the second act where I was like, oh, all you guys are dead. You're fucking dead. You, 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 you're all dead. You're dead. You're dead. <laughs> because, yeah, gone. It was funny, like, going back to, um, like, the, the, the press leading up to the movie coming out where there were interviews with the cast and Kathleen Kennedy and everybody, and uh, a lot of the, the interviewers were asking, well, will these characters show back <laughs> up? And it's funny to see them like try right. to tap dance around. It's like, well, I mean, you, you, you never, never know. know. <laughs> and then you see the movie, and you're like, oh, yeah, they did. Yeah, of course, obviously, yeah. Now, these next so. movies, I don't know if you guys uh, are going to put them on your list or not. Oh, I, okay. Caravan of Courage, an Ewok adventure. <laughs> right after Rogue One on my list. We did not include him. I don't even know what that is. Oh, what is that? Oh, man. Austin, please inform him. Oh, it is. um, Not a theatrical (laughs) release, also TV. Um, It's set on Endor. The Tawani family crash lands on Endor and befriends uh, the youngest daughter, Sindel, befriends Mm -hmm. a Ewok named Wicket, which I believe you know. And then they oh, yeah. go on this yeah. awesome adventure. I can't remember if Sindel has a lot to do in the first movie or not, but she's in the second one, which is next on my list, Ewoks, The Battle for Endor. Nice. Um, <laughs> they had multiple Ewok movies? Oh, yeah. They had, they had two, specifically. Oh, my God. Can you see that? There's little Sindel Tawani. <laughs> is, is she a... F- is that a it real is. person? Is that a real yeah. human... That is oh. a real. That's this actually isn't even a, a set photo. This is that was just the eighties. <laughs> yeah, just them hanging out. <laughs> studio Studio Fifty One, whatever the hell it's called. Fifty Four. She got in right away. Which isn't with Drew Barrymore. Isn't Wilford Brimley? I think Wilford Brimley's in uh, Battle for Endor. Oh, awesome! Yeah, um, he ha- he's the guy who has the little animal. Its name is Teak. And it can run really fast, like I'm talking like Quicksilver Flash, like zipping around. Yeah. Oh wow. Battle for Endor yeah. is a lot more. Uh, it's I think it's lower budget and it's got some more uh, some bad parts. I would say um, they're both not really that great, but I do enjoy them quite a bit. Okay, is that on? Uh, is that on Dat Plus? I don't know. Is that, can you? Is I haven't seen them on there. Yeah, they're not under the Star Wars banner. No, yeah, they're not. <laughs> oh, okay. It makes right. me wonder if yeah. they've been buried. Yeah, because yeah, they might be embarrassing to Star Wars, but they were a part of my childhood because it was at a time when 
there wasn't a ton of Star Wars that I could interact with movie-wise. Yeah. So when I found out about those, I was super pumped. Which Well, especially this came out in 84, so it was a like year after Return of the Jedi, and if that's your first thing with that austin then this is like right after that you're a kid you're like fucking yeah right. bring on the ewoks Keep oh it going. hell yeah and i was just talking about that the other day with andrea my girlfriend because we were talking about the ewoks and and how cute the baby from mandalorian is and at mm. at that point when when jedi came out like the ewoks weren't ridiculous to me they were awesome like mm-hmm. because i was yep. mm-hmm. i watched it when i was like six or seven and like just super into them they it didn't seem ridiculous to me even in the least so when i found out that people hated them i was like what why (laughs) (laughs) it's it's fun to me to think back at like at a certain point for you the ewoks were like the main stars of star wars you know for the most part yeah yeah, because you're that and you're right steven like i had to like ewoks fuck yeah Keep the story going. Yeah. What else happens yeah. there? <laughs> As if the entire galaxy revolves around the one forest moon of Endor right. and these teddy bears and tree houses. And it was... I'm down for that. Yeah, I, I was super into them. Uh, I had them on VHS. I probably still have them somewhere. Mm. The other day, my parents brought me two giant crates of books. Um, I'll have to find some of these because uh, they're just in the other room. Uh from when I had a subscription to Star Wars Insider. Oh. So I have uh, a lot of issues of Star Wars Insider, the official Star Wars magazine, um, which is the first time I ever read about the battle between Anakin and Obi-Wan with the lava. I remember reading oh, okay. uh, a couple paragraphs about that and being like, what? That's crazy. And that would have been, <laughs> I think it would have been like maybe two or three years oh, before man. Phantom Menace came out. Okay. So, and there's also, I remember seeing one of the, uh, the Naboo fighters. There's a picture of one of the Naboo fighters in, in the Star Wars Insider magazine. And I was like, oh my God, it's a new ship. This is fucking amazing. Obviously, <laughs> yeah. I'll go grab some and I can send some pictures to you guys. Sure. Yeah, I would love to see ten-year-old uh, Austin in the middle of his bedroom floor and be like, "This is fucking rad." That yeah, that would have been pretty <laughs> close to how I would have said it. That was when I also had a I had cut a wiffle ball bat handle off and put a one of those like plastic luggage clips on the end of the uh-huh. handle and I would clip it to my belt. And pretend like it was my <laughs> lightsaber. Oh, okay. yeah. badass. Okay, I get what you're saying. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, was, make your own. Make your own lightsaber. Hilt. Yeah, well, yeah, dude. Um, no, there were no lightsabers for me to buy at that point. Can you like imagine yeah, that? I couldn't go buy a yeah. lightsaber. Um, and then the first lightsaber that came out was Luke's. I remember the the amount of blade that still stuck out of it when it was like collapsed. Yeah. It was displeasing to me, but I. <laughs> I still I still used it. I've always hated that. Yeah. It was upsetting. How they're like, oh no, this is fine. It's it looks normal. Yeah. It's just fine. It just sticks up like ten inches outside it of it. Seriously, it's totally, is it kids won't matter, you know. Huge amount of it where it's like, Did you guys yeah. even try? <laughs> Yeah. Couldn't you just put this all in the handle? I don't understand. Right. It, yeah. Um, That's funny. After Ewoks, the Battle for Endor is the very first prequel movie that shows up, and it is Revenge of the Sith. Mm-hmm. The least egregious and painful of them yep. for me <laughs> which is that is that episode three yeah 
I'm terrible with these Star Wars titles. Uh, it they just don't stick with me mm. for whatever reason. But okay, yeah, that was that was kind of our ranking as well. Is uh, that's the best of the the three. Yeah. Somehow they get uh, progressively better, but not uh, not good. Up to standards. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, Stephen had actually pulled up the Rotten Tomatoes scores for the prequels and like compared them to the original trilogy and the new ones. And I believe Return of the Jedi was an 81 and mm-hmm. then Revenge of the Sith was an 80. Oh, yeah. wow. Is that right? That's right. Crazy, yeah, right? That is pretty crazy. <laughs> that was the David and I from, you know, Hideous Energy, we talk about that a lot about the idea of Star Wars existing. And then after that, it is a world where Star Wars exists, so everything mm-hmm. is like affected by that. So the idea that Lucas was making those prequels in a movie where Star Wars already existed and was this massive thing couldn't help but have an impact on it. So sure. the idea of even if he had a story in mind and even if he changed some of that because people fucking hated what he did... Because now he's since come out and been like, well, we were going to, you know, shrink people down and go inside and meet the midichlorians. And you're like, yeah, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> you were what? <laughs> so the idea that yeah. Star Wars had affected itself is interesting to me, but maybe not to other people. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, no, I think that's uh, very interesting. Um, and seeing some of the clips, like, during the making of those prequels yeah, um, of what Lucas talks about, like, with Jar Jar and stuff, and, like, Jar Jar's the key to all of this. And it's, like, he definitely had some wild ideas of where this thing was headed. Yeah. And uh, as Britt and I have talked about, like, I, I'm a huge J.J. fan, and I'm, I'm glad he's back in the director's seat for the final chapter because um, I just think that Lucas needed it to be taken away, like, American Graffiti is one of my favorite movies of all time. Right. Um, I love the Star Wars, like the original trilogy and stuff that Lucas was a part of. But um, I, I feel like going back to what you were saying about um, The Force Awakens, like uh, what I would mentioned here on the podcast before is like, I think I feel like JJ's hand was forced a little bit. Like for anybody that ever complains about it being a rehash, I'm like, he, he lived in a world where Star Wars existed and the prequels existed. Mm-hmm. Right. And fan backlash had been so bad that all we really wanted was a hug of yep. nostalgia to know it's okay and we can accept these movies and they're going to be fun and yeah, good. Yeah, he kind of had to bump. And, you know, you have to do that. Yeah, so I don't know. It's interesting to see how, how it's all played out. But, yeah. uh, man, Lucas had some weird stuff. It's very, like, I, thought, I think about this a lot. The idea of creating something and then everyone loving it so much that they hate what you're doing. (laughs) It's like, it seriously is one of the most confusing things ever. Like I absolutely feel for George Lucas. Like I'm obviously he's got it made, but the, I like to imagine that I'm reading, um, easy riders and raging bulls by, uh, Peter Biskin. Um, and, there's a lot of stuff in there about Lucas, you know, back in the day when he was friends with Coppola, you know, there he was going to mm-hmm. originally Coppola wanted Lucas to direct uh, Apocalypse Now, like all mm. of this crazy stuff of them inventing contemporary blockbuster cinema. Yeah. And then George Lucas wrote and directed and created this thing 
that changed the face of pop culture for the fucking world. And yeah, mm -hmm. like I, I can't I can't even really 100% wrap my head around that because the idea that I would write something and then so many people love it that they take it away from me and it's not mine anymore is mm -hmm. confusing and kind of scary. And yeah, that's why like the next movie on my list is, is a Phantom Menace. When I saw a Phantom Menace, I was 16, I think. So Star Wars was still a big part of my life but not as big as it was. I had sort of moved away from it a little. I was still reading a bunch of the novels. Um, I'm a huge fan of the extended universe stuff. Uh, there's a lot of good mm. stuff out there. So I was still reading that and then interacting with that. And like, yeah, I had written a shitload of fan fiction when I was a kid and I would basically kind of like write plays for myself to star in. I, a lot of them were kind of just in my head, but I was, you know, acting out these stories and, and you know, playing. So when I saw Phantom Menace as a 16-year-old, I, I wasn't doing a lot of that anymore. But I was still mm. reading Star Wars. So I was like, yeah, I, I like it. I'm pretty sure I like it. <laughs> <laughs> and That first movie, yeah. I, I think I liked right. it. That's exactly the I feeling. I like yeah. this. Like, and leave, leaving yeah. the theater, like, I'm, yeah, that one scene where they were in the Senate, that was neat. And then... <laughs> maybe like a day later being like did I like it I'm not really sure and I, I watched it in theaters a couple times and eventually got to the point where I was like oh yeah it's really not that good and I'm actually pretty sad and upset by it mm. which is weird because I, and I've said this a lot too like really the only way they could have made that very first Star Wars like hit me in a way that I was super 100% happy with was if they came to me and were like Austin write and direct this next Star yeah. Wars movie <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> yeah, like, way ahead of you guys hope you're ready to see Luke fight 60 stormtroopers because he's about to they're like no no this you're is like, a prequel I got plays upon plays <laughs> Luke takes off his mask and it's just several Ewoks <laughs> underneath <laughs> We wondered why he was wearing a trench coat the whole movie. Like, <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, it was not the, not the best and not really good. But mm. there, there's stuff in it that I still really like. Duel of the Fates is yeah. um, amazing. That, that song's great. The, the lightsaber battle between Qui-Gon, Obi-Wan, and Darth Maul is, is one of the best. It's just so yeah. fucking good. And there are, you know, those shining moments in it uh, where things turn out okay. After The Phantom Menace? Yeah. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I was curious for your uh, your history with this as well, being a Star Wars fan. Whenever Brent and I, we didn't rewatch it yet, but when we talked about it, I was like, there's, there's really only two things I like about the prequels. The Duel of the Fates fight at the end and pod racing. But really, when I think back to pod racing, it's not even so much from the movie, it's the video Dude, game. yes, you beat me to it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I figured it's great. That too. game was great. Yep. Yeah, it's fantastic. I've been wanting to play it so bad since we talked about it on here a lot. Yeah, I uh I have such fond memories of the that game. The pod racing in the movie is um pretty boring actually. And then okay, the there video game was way fucking better. <laughs> it was just yeah. way better. <laughs> I don't know if it's because you got to interact with it and you know there were all the different pod yeah. races you could play with, but Poor Jake Lloyd. Yeah, I think the different ships. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, little Jake Lloyd. 
It's working. Yeah. It's oh, working. We were, God damn it. We watched it. Um, probably about 40 <laughs> minutes of Jingle All the Way the other night. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then stopped. Um, and I'm not even kidding. We, it's, we didn't stop because of he or Schwarzenegger or anything. We stopped because uh, of Sinbad. And oh, interesting. it's because Sinbad screams every single line he has. <laughs> every fucking line. Andrew, yep, Andrea was like, can we watch something where this is making me nervous? And like, I feel on the edge. Like he's screaming every line. You think I can't find this? They're just screaming the whole movie. Yeah. Um, I'm down with that. Uh, he is yeah, screaming and he is a, isn't he like a postal worker? He who is, later on says he has a bomb. Uh, yeah. But he does. <laughs> but then yeah, he does bomb, yeah. like yeah. on accident. Yeah. A male bomb. <laughs> what a fucked Different up movie, man. Well, he's, he's going up against Schwarzenegger and they're both going after Turbo Man, but he keeps yelling for Turtle, Turtle Man. Man. So I feel like somebody should have just walked out and handed him like a Leonardo yeah. and be like, here you go. He'd be like, yeah, okay, cool. And then, you know, movie's over. Screams thanks. Yeah. Isn't it weird to think of a world where Schwarzenegger and Sinbad were <laughs> the leader? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's so interesting now to think back. I haven't seen Sinbad in years. Is he dead? Is he still alive? Dead. I haven't seen any news. I feel like he's alive, but it's, yeah. Yeah. He's alive. He's uh, he's touring, I believe. Huh. He's he's at your house right now, Brett. Yeah, <laughs> he's in the next room. Yo, Sinbad, you want you want to get on the show? He's taking he's taking notes. You can't hear him yelling over there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, after the Phantom Menace, this is a holiday special. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> now listen. That's that's impressive uh, because uh, I know it it sounds like we're missing a prequel. Um, so I'm I'm glad that uh, holiday special made it in there don't worry there's still two left (laughs) holiday special is not good but it is entertaining as fuck Mm -hmm. right that's true there it's like 15 minutes maybe before you hear a single spoken word of english (laughs) that's what threw me so bad last year we were watching it for the first time i had never seen it before that i remember Mm -hmm. and uh yeah it's like who thought this was a good idea just to have Wookiee Dude, grunts? They've made some with no subtitles. Crazy choices. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's pure insanity. Um, <laughs> that they had the actors show up for the small amount is it just seems like a total luck yep. thing. The the animated part of it where you see Boba Fett for the first time is great. It it, it looks yeah. really, really good. But then Super fun, yeah. Like Jefferson Starship shows up. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. I forgot about totally that. Totally fucking crazy. I hadn't seen it until pretty recently. David and I watched it for for Hideous Energy mm. and it was um a joy. Um mm. and it comes in right mm-hmm. above solo. Nice. Okay. Which uh man I hate. Yeah. <laughs> is it just is it uh just like superfluous to you like is it just not any anything that you needed to know do you dislike the performances like what is it specifically that makes it rank so low so low (laughs) (laughs) i did it i shut it all down this was worth it um i think it's kind of all of that um the story is pointless um yeah the darth maul thing pisses me off more than anything oh i forgot (laughs) about that wow yeah where is it the uh, the lightsaber the lightsaber thing? thing is so stupid 
It's just so, so, so dumb. What's the lightsaber thing? <laughs> he's standing there as a hologram, and he's just like, like turns his lightsaber on. <laughs> You're like, okay. Okay. <laughs> we fucking got it. <laughs> oh, man. But, well, they didn't have emojis. He couldn't right. tell that he was oh, okay. angry. It's, yeah. He looks like a devil man all the time. So it's like, well, I don't know. Are you mad? Like, well, you can't tell? Yeah. You even mad, bro? And he clicked <laughs> on the lightsaber. It's fine. Yeah. So, so dumb. Um, that. Oh, man. I actually. I liked the main performance by uh, Aaron. Um, shit, I forgot his name. Dude plays solo. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think he does. Aaron Reich? Yeah. Alden Aaron Reich. That's right. Um, I think he yeah. does a good job with what he's given, which is, you know, not a lot. Um, but ultimately, it's um, Greg Rucka wrote a, a solo book, one of those like YA Han Solo adventure books that, mm-hmm. that came out maybe like three or four years ago at this point. There's a, a group of mm-hmm. them, I think four, three or four. His was the only one that I read. Um, and it is just basically the definition of being superfluous. Yeah, like you, nothing major is going to happen to Han Solo because they can't change mm-hmm. him because it's not canon. Or, it, okay, wait, it is canon, but it's not big enough that they're going to do anything to, to change yeah. the core of the character. So they either have to have the illusion of change, which is really hard in a 120-page YA novel, or there's going to be no change at all. And it's going to be, you know, uh, there's a MacGuffin. They have to go get this thing. Or there's a bad guy. Fight bad guy. Beat bad guy. Credits. So the book was... I literally couldn't tell you anything about it. Um, I, I don't know what happened. I forgot about it the second I read it. And that's mm-hmm. basically how the solo movie was. Um, it just served no purpose whatsoever. Um I really fucking hated the whole. So you're flying solo. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And that's early. You're you're like reminding me of things. I've only seen it one and like point zero five times because I watched the beginning the other day and I just I couldn't even keep going. I was like, I'll hit this back up eventually. But um, I had forgotten so much of it. I just like it really left my brain. See, I, I, mm-hmm. I've seen it once, mm-hmm. and I have no intention of watching it again, ever. But during that scene, it was very similar to the Leia pulling herself through space thing, and except mm-hmm. this time it was it was where everything went off the rails. Uh-oh! Yep. <laughs> it was that. David and I sitting in the theater, and I was like, oh, no, oh, it's not good. <laughs> and then, yeah, they delivered. It's like... We didn't need to see a Kessel run. Like, who gives a fuck? Like, <laughs> we don't need to see yeah. that. We don't need to see it. Yeah. And it just doesn't serve any purpose for his character. And what's what's more egregious to you? Finding out where Han Solo got his last name or how Chewbacca got his nickname. <laughs> oh man, yeah, that's tough. <laughs> Brent loves to harp on that. We both do, I think. It's just like it's oh, so it's stupid. Chewy. Like oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like as if like nicknames had had never been yeah. thought of in the Star Wars right. canon before, you know? You get to see the invention of the first nickname. Yeah. <laughs> um I think it's probably the solo thing. I just okay, yeah. the idea of robbing him of any sort of history, like, is the, the if you're going to rob someone of their history, 
it better be fucking interesting and it better there better be a good reason why you're going to take away who they were and if their name meant anything but to supply it as a throwaway line yeah to try and get a laugh in the first like 15 minutes of the movie <clears throat> it's just such a terrible idea like it's so 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 bad and probably <laughs> i don't know maybe it ruined the movie for me immediately like i there's a lot of it that i forgot yeah um woody harrelson was you know okay in it uh, i know he's in it i literally cannot remember his character's name or what he does <laughs> yeah or, i can't either. yeah anything of it yeah doesn't uh, he give han his blaster isn't that how han gets his his blaster think, or whatever i think so yeah yeah. And he gets his hat and his whip from there, too, right? See, I'm just getting confused. <laughs> Seriously, though, like, it, is, it does kind of feel like that, where it's like, well, we got to figure out how Han got this vest. Yeah. We've got to write that into the scene. <laughs> like, it doesn't fucking matter. Like, the, the interesting thing about that character, you know, he, he made the decision to come back and help him in A New Hope. Mm-hmm. And, like, further trying to gild that lily by showing me him as a young person the like making the decision to, to go forward with the movie is, is a really, really bad idea. Yeah. And they delivered a, a really poor product uh, at, in the end, not as bad as Attack of the Claws. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was waiting for it. Which is the bottom of my list. Hell yeah. That movie. Holy fuck. Um, I think I saw it in the theater three times. <laughs> Try to convince yourselves. Yeah. yeah. Wow. One of my biggest memories from it is I was seeing it in the theater. This is my second viewing. And because there was back then, I was still in that thing where I was like, I'm pretty sure I like this. The, the scenes with Yoda fighting with the lightsaber. I was like, yep. oh, yeah. Lightsaber Yoda. Yeah. Right. <laughs> And then I eventually got to the point where I was like, actually, wait a second. Yeah. This is really fucking stupid. Uh, it was a tough time for me. I was discovering things about myself. First pubes. Yeah, the tackle clothes of, coming a lot, out. A lot of stuff was going <laughs> on. <laughs> the second viewing, this it's funny, this doesn't even this isn't even movie related. I was watching the movie, and as the movie ended, some guys sitting behind us. I don't know how big it was, but they had built a pyramid out of beer cans that they <laughs> snuck into the theater. And as the movie ended, they like kicked the pyramid. So you just hear all of these cans raining down, <laughs> rolling down the, the concrete steps. That's Damn. basically the best part of this movie. <laughs> my experience. With I feel like I have a fond memory of these, these drunk assholes. Yeah. Oh, man, that's fantastic. It's just so bad. Do you recall, Austin, when you went to go see it, like, the, the second and third times, if the theater was full? Oh, no, absolutely not. The, the really? So this okay. time with the beard dudes and their, their uh, pyramid, it probably would have been them, my friends, uh, two friends, uh, and then maybe, like, four people. It was almost empty, the, mm-hmm. the, com- the complete empty theater. And much like the beer cans, yeah, yes. almost empty. Much yeah. like the beer cans. Now, weirdly, when they re-released the original, uh, the original trilogy, when Lucas, you mm-hmm. know, redid all the digital stuff, when I went to see those in the theater, every single show I went to, 
of those was completely sold out. Mm. All of hmm. them. Okay. Yeah. But for this, yeah, no. Uh, second and third time, basically no one there. Um, there's just so much to dislike about this movie. I, I don't want to get too crazy, um, <laughs> too crazy negative on it, but it's just a lot of really bad decisions uh, uh, wrapped up into one movie. And mm-hmm. I was talking about it with, um, I was probably David uh, talking about the acting in the movie and how he manages <laughs> to get such bad performances out of people. Yeah. Where you're like, but you're a good actress. Like how? <laughs> yep. How? Academy award winning. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like you're, you're good. <laughs> but then you, I remember seeing, um, making of footage before it came out of, of them being like, and here's this scene where Natalie Portman's just in a giant green room. And it's literally Ooh. Natalie Portman running on green treadmills, ducking <laughs> under green blocks, and like reacting to literally nothing. Yeah, it is a mm-hmm. giant green room. And then they're like, and then later it looks like this, and which probably now looks like pure garbage. Yeah, <laughs> but but also it's just like put a person in a giant empty room and then be like, all right, now act. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, okay. Like, I'll, I'll take a shot. And that's what <laughs> happens. But also, dude, and I know I've mentioned this on Hideous Energy because it sticks in my head. There's the scene. So Queen Amidala, she's in a transport. You know, the Clone Wars popping off fresh and hot. People get yeah. killed. It's, ben- yeah. it's bananas. Yeah. She's in a transport. Uh, transport, like, banks real hard to, to yeah. turn or something <laughs> she gets dumped out of the transport uh-huh. and uh so she is laying on the sand dune cradling her her you know artfully ripped midriff mm. oh, writh- writhing oh and a clone trooper comes up and he's like ma'am are you okay and she goes yes and then jumps up yeah. and runs away <laughs> and you're like what <laughs> five seconds ago you couldn't fucking move it it makes me wonder if it is as ridiculous as I remember it because mm. in the theater I was just like, "How did you guys use that cut?" Because she's like, "Oh, are you okay? <laughs> yeah, I am. Let's go." And then she runs away. That's basically the movie. Yeah, for me, where it's just like, "How did you use that?" Well, when we rewatched it here recently, um, I noticed that the reason she has that midriff is because they're in that arena setting, oh, yeah. and there's that like. Uh, like tiger monster that comes out and slashes at her and gives her a perfectly cropped <laughs> yep. midriff. It does <laughs> nicely trimmed on, under her rib cage. Yeah, uh, just look. She looks great. So bizarre, but it's super. She weird. looks great. Yeah, but it's yeah. It's th- there's no reason for like for that odd costume adjustment there. I mean, you it's know? it's kind of like the the gold bikini thing you know it's like you don't right. need it there but it's also awesome like i feel like there's a there's a further cut of attack the clones it's all green screen and stuff they're like yeah and he swipes again he takes off one leg and he swipes again takes <laughs> off the other leg she's like so i'm wearing <laughs> booty shorts now yeah 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 yeah. just go with it yes. it's totally fine don't worry you know? about like, it. <laughs> <laughs> now run over here see like that the slave bikini thing as a kid obviously as a straight male that was a big deal to mm-hmm. me um had a big impact on my life seeing Carrie Fisher in that slave costume, but now older, yeah, seeing it's <laughs> problematic. The, the midriff, yeah, I'm like, oh, that's a that's a really strange choice. But 
there's a lot of those in, in the prequels. The I think one of the ones that I hated the most was uh, Palpatine mm-hmm. battling Mace Windu, which is in Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because it's that same thing where they're like, well, we've, we've got to show how his face got so fucked up. And uh, I'm not kidding. Up yeah. until that scene, I had only ever assumed that he was just an old guy. Like, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. His face looked that way because he had aged. Mm. And then he turns into like fucking raisin man after he like <laughs> electrocutes himself. It is so ridiculous. It looks horrible. Yeah. Oh dude, it is some of the worst makeup I've seen. And I I just couldn't believe that it was in the movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Different movie obviously, so yeah, sure. But um, I, I did, uh, I was telling Brent, I, I saw this YouTube title or whatever, and he had seen the title as well. It was like a, basically why Hayden Christensen acted perfectly in, in his role as Anakin. Clickbait, yeah, the films. clickbait, of course. And uh, it was clickbait, exactly. But I watched it, and it was interesting because it what it what it actually did was it explained more of the backstory of Anakin, what George Lucas had told Hayden Christensen leading into this and why he was doing the stuff he did, but it still didn't take away from the fact that Hayden Christensen just wasn't right for that role, and the right. dialogue and all that stuff was just written poorly. Um, but there, there are some like Lucas had some ideas. Um, they, they talk about that Mace Windu fight, and they were talking about how like Anakin has always been. He was like a slave, and he was like horrible, and then he had to leave his mother, and he came back for her eventually, and she died, and like the Jedi Council would never take him seriously. He was always more powerful than all of them, but they would never admit it sort of thing. And then he has a mo- he has one moment where he's like, I, I have to save this emperor guy to save right. my wife. And Mace Windu has been the biggest one on my side. I'm going to fucking kill this guy. And once he did, they were like a, a flip was switched. A, a switch was flipped, whatever. Right. And, uh, and then he like went berserk and all of this power and anger and stuff just rose up and he did become. And I was like, okay if you put it in context, like I kind of get it, but like the way it played out, I did not understand. Like it did not play that way. It doesn't feel that w- that good. Mace Windu just gets like sucked out of a window and yeah. you know, like it all just doesn't feel good. Um, well, that's, that's a backstory. Weirdly, like Lucas is, is pretty talented at writing a story mm. or, and you know, like putting the beats of a story together. He's obviously not as good at actual screenwriting like yeah this the screenplay for american graffiti being an exception like i enjoy thx 1138 mm-hmm. but it is not deep yeah it is <laughs> it's visual. cool for what it is yeah yeah visual yeah. for sure and so much of these things with the characters anakin like all of these turns like they're the things are just not set up and earned yeah so you don't get to see the payoff because He's not investing. He, he's mm-hmm. not putting the things in line that make it that make it worth it at the end. And there's just so much of that in, in the in the prequels, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, it was really weird because the, there were a few. There was a you know moments where I was like, "Am I gonna not like Star Wars anymore?" Mm. Oh yeah. And that concept, like weirdly kind of scared me <laughs> being yeah. like what if i don't like this thing it's a comforting thing in the world right and you're yeah and you're part of like you said like it's like each of us have our own story of it it's part of our who what makes us us almost you know yeah so. and the amount of fun and 
like creativity that I got to experience and, and um, like sort of mold who I was going to be because of mm-hmm. Star Wars, like to not like Star Wars seemed like almost like I was turning my back on something and that I was letting it down. Um, obviously, I grew out of that and eventually was like, yeah, you know what? It's fine. George let us down. Prequels. See, (laughs) that's the other thing. I don't want to be one of those people, and I was for for several years. But the thing that I end up focusing on is those prequels did mean something to kids somewhere. Yeah, I I guarantee it. Those prequels did affect people um, in positive ways, and I wouldn't want to take that from them. So they can like them and that's fine. And you know, I'll have my own star Wars, uh, which now includes a lot of really cool stuff. Um, mm. the Timothy's on novels that he wrote back in the day and also the new Thrawn novels, which are good. And I absolutely suggest people read. Yeah. I've heard uh, there's a lot of cool stuff like that out there. I've never gotten into it. So I was going to say the, um, for the, for the movie it's like Austin, you were talking about how the, uh, like the youngsters, the whippersnappers are coming up. They the prequels are essentially their trilogy. That's what they grew up with. Right. And can you imagine like having those three like garbage movies be what you consider Star Wars, <laughs> but then you move on to the original trilogy and there's just a massive leap in quality like up through the more modern movies? I mean, that'd be kind of cool, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay asked and answered all right <laughs> yes <laughs> well um I, I did want to ask you as well austin uh, about your experience with the expanded universe mm-hmm. uh once uh, disney bought lucasfilm a lot of the uh that old canon went away but um you've uh, you've as you mentioned you're a reader of the novels and whatnot did you get into like the comics and the video games that tied into the canon as well uh, i didn't get into a ton of the comics but i did uh really love um dark empire and dark empire 2 um that was like the continuing saga of luke after mm-hmm. jedi and he very um i think one of the more memorable <laughs> images shows him wearing some like pretty much just darth vader armor mm-hmm. on the cover of the of dark empire um nice and that stuff's all like the art and it's beautiful writing doesn't hold up that well uh to this to this day but it's really really good stuff i I liked it back then there were Mm -hmm. some good uh some good characters and stuff in there what i really really got into though were the they had this these series uh called the tales from so there was like tales from jabba's palace tales of the bounty hunters tales from the empire and I read all of those. Um, and in one of those is where uh, Boba Fett doesn't die in the Sarlacc. Mm. Because how could you let a cool character like Boba Fett die? Seriously. And he has a jetpack. Right. He has a jetpack. And in this case, mm. he, he did have his jetpack. And he was being digested over the course of a thousand years. So his jetpack's not what it used to be. And he ends up you know, blasting himself out of the Sarlacc. He's laying in Tatooine and he's, you know, dying. And that's when Dengar, another bounty hunter from the uh, scene in Empire Strikes Back, comes by on his S swoop, which is like sort of a speeder bike. And he picks up Boba Fett and then he survives and, you know, they go have some adventures together. Stuff like that. There was another one in that book where IG-88 uploaded his consciousness into the Death Star. And he was like... (laughs) 
a second away from taking control of the Death Star and being like the world's most powerful droid because he's going to be <laughs> the Death Star. Uh, and that's when it blew up. <laughs> that's, that's, the end of the story. that's pretty good. I like that. Yeah. It's fun stuff like that. So, but the, um, the ones that meant the most to me were Timothy Zahn's Heir to the Empire. Um, those books are amazing uh, and still hold up. Um, and then the Young Jedi Academy stuff with Jason Solo, Jaina Solo, and Anakin Solo uh, being in the Jedi Academy with their friends Lau Baca and Tenel Ka. Um, I was super into those. <clears throat> that stuff was a lot of fun um, and gave me an entrance into that universe um, that had kind of gone away while I was waiting for the other movies. Um, recently tried to reread some of them. Don't hold up super well. They fail at doing the thing that a lot of Star Wars things do, which is just constantly reference those original movies. Uh, so, mm-hmm. like, Han Solo will show up to to talk to his kids, and he'll be like, oh, look, I, I got the welcoming committee. And then Jane and Solo will be like, oh, Dad, we're not a welcoming committee. Like, yeah, yeah, guys, I get it. That's dialogue from Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. You don't <laughs> need to do this. And they they do that a lot, unfortunately. Um, yeah. Video games, yeah. I Oh, gosh. Uh, Shadows of the Empire, the novel and the game, super big deal for me. I, I love Dash Rendar. Basically, just Han Solo with a different face. Um, <laughs> the game was so much fun. I steer- seriously, to this day, will think back on one day when school got canceled because of snow, and it, we it was a two-hour delay. So I was like, "Sweet, I'm gonna play some Shadows of the Empire." I can't beat IG88. He's real fucking hard, but I'm gonna try before I have to go to school in two hours. So I started fighting IG88. Uh, and then I found out school was canceled and like, it sounds ridiculous, but I will still think back to that day and it like comforts me <laughs> where I can <laughs> remember getting to stay home That's awesome. and just have fun. And Shadows of the Empire was a, was a cool game. And that pod racing game Steven mentioned, mm-hmm. um, there were some Rogue Squadron games. I can't remember what the names yeah. of them were. Those games are awesome. Brent and I played one of those recently on a GameCube. Mm-hmm. Like I have oh, a really? GameCube game on, on the Wii. And, uh, yeah, I have uh, Rogue Squadron 2. I think it's called Rogue Leader, Rogue Squadron 2. Um, I still love those games. I like the flying games a lot, I think, mostly. Yeah, they um, the ga- any game where you're not a Jedi tends mm. to be a, a good, uh, something they can pull off pretty easily. If you yeah. are a Jedi in the game, the likelihood it's going to fail is higher, which is why I'm super excited. I want to play um, Fallen Order. To, mm-hmm. uh, I've heard really good things about it, and I hopefully, hopefully, fingers crossed, we'll get it for Christmas because I kind of want to play it. Um, but most of the time, it's like they they don't want to make you a Jedi like uh, from the original trilogy, mm-hmm. and they want to make you a really cool badass Jedi. So then it's like you're an unstoppable killing machine, <laughs> <laughs> and it's I don't know, it's just it. There's a disconnect for me. But the flying games, yeah, you're like, oh, I'm in an A wing. I have yeah, a. That's cool. I, I can be destroyed, <laughs> and I need to protect myself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which I think it was the second one. The World Devastators. They were from a comic. Um, I think it was Dark Empire. Uh, it was one of the the Empire's like new world destroying thing. These they were just these like 
giant machines that they dropped into uh, onto the surface of a planet, and then they just sucked the planet like up into these hmm. basically like giant rods on the ends. They're like giant vacuum cleaners, basically. It's like yeah. Mega Maid. Like, <laughs> they're just sucking the planet up into the, the world devastators. And they're in one of the Rogue Squadron games, which was a huge deal for me back then, where I was like, holy shit, yeah. world devastators! <laughs> <laughs> um, well, uh, Stephen, did you have any any further questions for my client on the expanded cool. universe? <laughs> You gotta get in your uh, lawyer voice, Brett. I'm sorry, your honor. <laughs> the same thing I just said <laughs> from my colleague. Uh, um, no, I'm, I am just curious. Uh, I guess in general, I, um, I I was looking up stuff as you were mentioning them, like the heir to the empire and stuff, because I never got into that stuff before, and now it's kind of a weird thing because we, it's like they were like, yeah, that's just gonna be called Legends, and now we have like a new canon, and right, and it's hard to know as a fan, like. I'm really into it again. I really like Star Wars. I'm glad Brent and I have done this rewatch. And, like, I started reading the, the newer comics that uh, Brent got me kind of on and stuff, and I like those a lot. So now I'm, like, eager to read more, but I don't really know, like, what do I want to accept as my headcanon or, like, what would I right. like to pick up, you know? So I've always heard of the, the Thrawn stuff. Has, has always been really good. Um, but, See, yeah, if I you read... uh, have any recommendations, that'd be great. So. Oh, yeah. I The Heir to the Empire trilogy... Mm. Even though none of it's canon now, like Mara Jade's there, which they've mm. it that really upset me that Mara Jade didn't get picked up because they picked up some of the stuff from the yeah. extended universe and used it in the canon. And I was hoping she would be one of the things. And I guess she still could be, you know, there's one movie left. Yeah. Um those three books are are, are really good stories. Cool. Um if you can yeah, work past that the stuff you're reading is not connected to the movies at all. And it's, you know, just totally inconsequential. There's a guy with like laser fingers. Fuck. Yeah, there is. <laughs> I believe his name is either pronounced Joris chaos or Kbalth. Mm-hmm. I can, I can never remember how they, <laughs> they pronounced it. I think uh, we're going for the second one. Ooh, bless you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, also, Stephen, if this doesn't uh-huh. sell it for you, nothing will. There's a clone of Luke uh, oh. that shows up, and he has two U's in his name. I just read about <laughs> this. I just read about this. He showed up in the comics or whatever as well. Yeah. yeah. What yeah. in the world? Pretty ridiculous. Uh, um, that's amazing. Okay. But um, Timothy Zahn, dude's a good writer. Um, mm-hmm. So those books were a, a huge deal to me back then which is why I was kind of nervous about the new Thrawn stuff because Thrawn is one of the characters that they took from the legends and made canon. So he showed up in Rebels or I can't remember which one of those TV shows. Yeah, that's right. I heard about that. Which I haven't watched those yet, but they're in my watch list on Disney Plus because I've heard they're really good and I want to see Mm -hmm. them. Same. So I bought Thrawn, the first in that trilogy by Timothy Mm -hmm. Zahn, and it's fucking great. The new one? Yes. Yeah, okay, cool. That's the first one. The second one is something like Dark Alliance. I can't remember. I, I have it in, in the back. My phone died, so I can't look up what it is. Yeah. Um, I have the second one to read, but I haven't started on it yet. Um, uh, I really liked, and David did too, uh, Lost Stars, um, okay. one of the more recent uh, novels. That writer um, did another one 
about Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon, and then one about Leia. I haven't read those two yet, but I bought them. I think her last name's Gray, Claudia Gray, maybe. Okay. Um, cool. Because Lost Stars was really good, and Lost Stars takes place... Yeah, Claudia Gray, yeah. I think it takes place before Force Awakens, and hmm. there's a Star Destroyer on uh, the planet that Rey is on. I can't remember the name of the planet. Jakku. Um, Jakku, yeah. And it is from the book Lost Stars. Okay, cool. Um, and it's really good. It's well-written. Characters are interesting. The story's good. Um, good enough that I bought that Leia book um, basically the second it came out. And I haven't read it yet. And then I bought the Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan uh, and haven't read it yet either. Mm-hmm. Um, but I trust her uh, enough that I, I knew I was going to take a shot on them uh, no matter uh, how they end up turning out. So. Uh, cool. Those are those are my recommendations for the new stuff. Legends, I mean, there's a lot of fun old stuff to check out. Those Tales from books are are a lot of fun. Um, that sounded cool. Yeah, they might have a little bit of diminishing returns. I mean, they're one, they're short stories, they're compilations, so it's going to be a mishmash of stuff that'll land and stuff that'll uh, be pretty bad. But I remember there's uh, what was his name, Davin Felth, the name of the. <laughs> The stormtrooper who's like, "Look, sir, droids!" Like they wrote, <laughs> they wrote that uh, a story for him. Um, so there's all there's all kinds of fun stuff like that. So <laughs> tales from Moss, what the Cantina, Moss Lassie Cantina. Uh, was that uh, that Felth guy? Was he just like in the droid manufacturing plant? And he was like, "Look, sir, droids!" And he's like, "Yeah, dumbass. Yeah, that's yeah." yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> <what they're laughs> Boy, he's slow. Just leave him alone. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's only, it's actually a paragraph long story. They're like, yeah, whatever, man. Let's go. Then, like, Look, sir. Off. Space. Oh, God. <laughs> All right, Phil. We got it. Get back on the ship. It's like he's someone's brother-in-law. He got this job. You know, like right. we put up with him. He's a nice guy. Um, but, yeah. Look, sir. Like that. Backwards pants. God damn it. <laughs> it's Vader's brother-in-law. Just let him do it. It's fine. <laughs> I like this uh, new headcanon we're coming up with with uh, Vader's brother-in-law, who uh, we didn't know about and has no powers and uh, does not belong to do any job. Look, there's nothing <laughs> going against the canon at this point, right? So yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Right. Um, Austin, let me ask you this. I, I had asked Stephen about this uh, a few episodes ago, and um, is there any link that you've seen where the character of Luke Skywalker, his first name is Luke, uh, has anything to do with George Lucas, Lucas being his last name. Is there any relation to that? I don't think so. The, the, I think, the uh, hero of the, the story having the first name, that's essentially <laughs> the last name of the creator of the, the universe. No, <laughs> I think um, <laughs> either, it was, down. either it was coincidence or, um, yeah, I don't know. I think uh, I don't want to say I don't think Lucas would have put the thought into that. Yeah. Um, I mean, he uh, he wasn't even the first character that was originally in the script. Like, I remember Mace Windu was, you know written before luke i think mace windu is the very first character name he wrote if i'm remembering right oh wow okay yeah because i have um i have a uh printed copy of the the original trilogy screenplays and there's a 
a paragraph from that first script where he's talking about Mace Windu being mm. from the Jedi Bindu. <laughs> like, all right. <laughs> Maybe do a second draft on that guy. <laughs> he does have a pretty good, um, like we were talking about earlier with Lucas, like coming up with stories. He also has a very good uh, uncanny ability to come up with like names for planets and people that work really well. And like we read this, this the Star Wars book, the, the comic book based on that original screenplay, and you get to see how names were like reused later on and stuff and like changed around. But uh, a lot of them, like they feel very, like it, it feels very real. Um, yeah. The world is, is very fleshed out, you know. Mm-hmm. What did you guys think about that comic? Well, yeah, let's. Let's slide up in it. Um, here, I've got some uh, notes uh, where I'll just regurgitate a bunch of stuff I wrote uh, when I woke up in the middle of the night. Um, well, uh, the first thing was... Uh, as, you, as you do. <laughs> I was going to uh, list the, the, the credits for it, but uh, I, I got scared. Uh, I panicked. So this is, <laughs> this is based on a rough draft of the uh, original screenplay. So the script for the, the comic is by J.W. Rensler, art by Mike Mayhew, colors by Rain Barreto, lettering by Michael Heisler, and then cover art by Nick, is it Rung? Run, Rungi? Rung J. Like a Fabergé egg, yes. Um, but uh, actually the uh, the C and the K in his first name are also silent. Ni? Nick. 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 There we go. He's yeah. We got there. We got there. So <laughs> this comic was originally published by Dark Horse Comics from September 2013 to May 2014. Eight issues plus a zero issue that gave some insight into the various designs and some behind-the-scenes content. And uh, it was later re-released in 2015 uh, by Marvel uh, once uh, Disney had purchased the uh, Lucasfilm and, and uh, moved the rights over to uh, to Marvel there. So, um, But, yeah, we, we all read that. And uh, the well, let me ask you this: Is uh, this the first time each of you have read this, Austin? This is the first time I'd read all of it. Okay. All right. Okay. Stephen, what about you? Um, yeah. So Brett had had given me this uh, book. And, and my my version is just one big story uh, years ago, and I had thumped through it and stuff before, but I'd never read it before this this podcast. Mm-hmm. So some might even say. I burdened you with a hardcover. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You, you seem to struggle through this a lot, Brent, as we were texting. Look, uh, as established on this podcast, I'm not uh, what you would call a reader or able to read or smart. So <laughs> that's why I like to read uh, comics because they have pictures to help tell the story on occasion. Uh-huh. Not necessarily in this case um, because the, uh, the art was uh, a little bit... Uh, I don't know, problematic is the right word. Uh, sometimes you you just have to get the job done, but um, it was very uh, stiff feeling, the, the art this go-around. Okay. Um, I typically like Mike Mayhew's artwork, but he does a lot of, like, covers and, um, I don't know, like, pinups and things of, of that nature, so it's not a whole lot of, like, storytelling that's involved. It's more for jerking off. Yeah, gotcha. yeah exactly. <laughs> um, and uh, for this, it seemed like he used the program Poser a lot, which is a uh, an artist program to where mm. you can like pose an artist doll digitally. And uh, there are a number of, uh, I guess not a number, but there are some current comic artists that lean on that too heavily, and they essentially just trace over the model. And uh, it's while the like pose is like technically correct, 
the uh, fluidity isn't there, and it mm, just looks right. it looks chunky, and it just looks bad overall. Okay. Yeah. Uh, some of the faces and the the like facial acting in the comic is okay, but sometimes it's just like, oh, it's just they're using a reaction they either found on like Google image search or they had a uh, a model that posed for them, and it was just like a kind of just a standard looking in the distance type of pose or whatever uh, or facial right. expression. Um, so I, I, I was kind of of two minds as I was reading it because the the art itself is very like um, it almost looks like movie stills in, yeah. in, in a certain way. But that's not necessarily conducive to like good storytelling in a comic. And in that zero issue, which is the back matter of that hardcover you've got, Stephen, um, uh-huh. there's some art by a comic artist named Scott Collins or Collins. I don't know. I've only read the name, but um, he's he's one of my favorite like superhero artists, and he does a pretty good job of telling a story. And there are shots of um, I think it's uh, what's his name like Kane Starkiller uh, in the mm-hmm. the book where he looks like pensive and his his like eyes are in shadow or whatever and. Um, I, I just think the storytelling there is a little, to my taste, uh, better. Uh-huh. But, um, yeah. What was the name of that of that guy? I was trying to look at the, the pictures. Uh, the one you liked? Uh, Scott Collins. Collins. Okay. Collins, something like that. I think it, it's Collins. Yeah. It uh, it's, should be all the way at the, the back. It's like the last, like... Um, it's, there's a note in there about how they they worked up some pages that that he drew. Uh, yeah, I was wondering is that what you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, that's interesting. I prefer that me personally, but uh-huh. um, you know, yeah, okay. Everyone's mileage is going to vary a bit, but like, I this is my second time reading this. Uh, I I read this for the first time several years ago, and as I was gearing up for this reread this week. I was like, oh, yeah, I kind of remember what's going on. I was way fucking off. I don't remember hardly any of this fucking thing. Um, and my my whole thing with Star Wars up to this you know past rewatch cycle leading up to the Rise of Skywalker, um, the Star Wars mythology didn't really click for me except for like the yeah. newer movies like The Force Awakens. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's um, – I, I didn't really have a, a, a big connection to – the older characters for the most part. And I finally got that, but now I have to unlearn all that to right. like read this book. And it's just like so fucking weird. Like the, the whole thing. <laughs> and uh, that, I, go ahead. That I think is the, the biggest problem with it. Where it's like, <laughs> do you know Star Wars? Well, fucking forget it. Yeah. <laughs> and read this. And you're like, oh, you want me to forget the most like well-known, like giant pop culture behemoth on the planet mm-hmm. to read? Also, you want me to read this comic based on the the script they threw away? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, when you put it that way. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. I'll take a shot, I guess. Yeah, it's. It's very strange. Um, I love Star Wars, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, but this is almost like if somebody was like, "What we did with Star Wars? We took all the names, we put them in a hat, <laughs> <laughs> and then some of them we just fucking spelled differently." Right? Yeah. Here, yeah. Here go. True. Well, I, it makes me wonder what the process behind getting it published was, because was it just yeah. Dark Horse being like, "Shit, we're gonna lose this." We need to get some Star Wars out before we lose it. 
I or yeah, I kind of someone had an idea. I kind of wondered that because that story that Scott Collins like drew, it said like in that note beforehand that he drew those pages so they could have something to show to George Lucas, I guess personally, to get the approval mm-hmm. to move forward with that adaptation. Um, it seemed a little bit cash grabby to me, but also um, I think it's kind of cool in general uh, to see what something could have been and how much it transformed between yeah. then and what we finally got and what we continue to get as more and more changes are added to <laughs> to that original movie, you know, McClunky. Um, yeah. So, right. yeah, I, it's kind of a cool artifact in, in that way. But um, overall, I, I didn't really like like reading the book, it, which is on me because I suggested it to Stephen uh, <laughs> off air. Like, oh, we can have Austin come on and discuss this. Um, so my apologies to both of you. But uh, for our listeners who, who haven't read it um, here, I, I made a note last night of some of the differences between what we are familiar with and this this version of the the story. So the Jedi are referred to as Jedi Bindu. Uh, May the force be with you is lengthened to may the force of others be with you all. Uh, I did not like that. Yeah. Uh, very, very clunky sounding. Uh, the Force yeah, is... Yeah, McClunky. Yeah, McClunky. I like that. I like that, Stephen. Mm-hmm. Uh, good yeah, callback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll put that in. Uh, we'll yeah. back, put that in. <laughs> the Force isn't really a thing. Um, Obi-Wan is essentially Luke Skywalker and looks like a buff George Lucas, right? So, yeah, you know. That's true. <laughs> um, Luke is essentially Anakin Starkiller and has fucked up eyebrows. Uh, that was one of the most disturbing parts. Like, there are different creature designs in this book, but, like, Anakin Skywalker, his name being spelled differently for one, but then also his, like, weird, like, sometimes lack of eyebrows. It, right, it's hard to hard to get Didn't a read. Notice. It's like, are you powder or not? Like, it's it's confusing. <laughs> are you powder? <laughs> um, Leia is kind of like Padme Amidala in that she's a like a teenage princess, um, and then she has to constantly be rescued. It's like, yes. isn't it multiple times that she has has to have people come rescue her? It, I think it's multiple times. It also really seemed like that was after this. Uh, uh, Revision is when Lucas got a, a woman to read it finally. Right. <laughs> and she was like, no, there's some problems here. Yeah, for We're gonna sure. need to rework some of these. It's probably Carrie Fisher. She's I like, yeah. I could, I could rework this, George. Right. We, could, we could make this a good movie. This would be a big hit for you. She was one of the uh, most sought after rewrite artists. That's right. Yeah, I hear about that. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Um, Darth Vader is essentially two different characters, one with the same name, and then another one who is a Sith Knight by the name of Prince Valorum. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, the whole, like, this guy kind of has Darth Vader's helmet on. I was like, (laughs) come on, guys. This is funny. funny (laughs) (laughs) Um, R2 speaks English, which is uh, disturbing to me. Like, that was disturbing to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 3PO has a female, like, body design, but is still referred to as a he, which is like, Stephen, uh, uh, as we discussed Mm -hmm. when we were talking about A New Hope, you know, it being like, surprisingly like progressive movie and us just like you know uh, sure you know us attaching you know liberal things on there um that that's maybe just how i was reading it's like oh so it looks like a girl Uh but they refer to it as a boy you know it's transgendered robot you know it's fine it's all good um han solo is swamp thing yes chewbacca (laughs) and the wookies are space gorillas (laughs) the death star is just called the space fortress and then there are two new characters kane starkiller that we um, mentioned previously which is anakin's cyborg father and then a character named whitson who is a trusted operative Mm. of luke skywalker 
So yeah, Han Solo is Swamp Thing is a hundred percent accurate, <laughs> right? Hundred yeah. percent accurate. Yeah, Brent. Um, not not what I would call an enjoyable read. <laughs> um, not your fault, obviously. Um, it's just such a weird thing for them to do. Like, yeah. As an exercise, the the thing you were talking about earlier, um, seeing what it was gonna be like, mm-hmm. uh, and and the the iterations before it becomes the thing we know, like that that can be interesting. Not this much, though. Like maybe do an eighty page one shot. Like don't do the entire fucking script. Right. Like, yeah. It is way too much to the point where it's like. I just want to watch Star Wars now. Like I, I want to stop reading this. <laughs> I, I want to interact with the thing that I that I know, mm-hmm. um, because it's it's just so strange. Um, which is why I got it from the library. Right. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. Very cool. Well, good for you. Uh, I spent yep. money on this twice. I bought it on Comicsology, <laughs> then I bought a hardcover for Stephen. <laughs> so, <laughs> jokes on me, really. Um, so I, I've got a, a few notes here. Um, the, the 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 first one that applies to our podcast specifically, Stephen, is uh, Austin. Stephen and I have been, you know, as we're going through the the Star Wars movies. I've been keeping track of whether or not there have been certain types of scenes in these movies, specifically right. if there are trash slash water scenes, um, which there is in uh, in both A New Hope and Empire. Um, and then again, in uh, I think we decided Force Awakens has one as well. Like briefly, there's a, a trash scene and that like um, it's referenced that Finn was he worked. He's a garbage man, essentially. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Uh, slash stormtrooper. Is it Last Jedi that they talk about putting Phasma in a, or is it Force Awakens? They talk about putting Phasma in a trash compactor. Uh, yeah, I think yeah, one that's, of those. That's what they yeah, ask they, about. They, yeah. bring it back up again. Yeah. Um, so there, there is one in this, but it sucks. It's at the very end. It's like <laughs> in A New Hope. It's one of the like uh, the more like fun, but also like tense scenes when they're in the the trash compactor thing. You've got the yeah. the weird hentai tentacle monster that pops up. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this, it's just like eight panels or something like that and then it's over with and it's just it just goes away immediately um i thought the like the whole story in this this book was like a slog to get through and then it got to that scene it's like oh okay this is gonna be this is fun trash yeah and then it's like over (laughs) almost immediately and then like fun trash should be the name of our podcast Uh, I believe we've uh, just established the show title, Fun Trash. There we go. All right. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, so the, the, the whole ending of this, this story is rushed. I don't know if it's just like that's all they had to go with off yeah, of the, the script, but it seems like they could have adapted it a little bit more. But they, the, the beginning, like the first couple of issues of this, this book just seem like so... Um, elongated and it just took forever it was like a slog to get through and then the the ending part the most exciting part of it quote unquote is like just it's it's over and uh yeah here's the end of it oh also uh we're in love now and then we're gonna get married and then everybody gets a medal this time and then it's over <laughs> everybody gets a medal <laughs> yeah the medal yeah. thing it's there were more than a few parts where i was like wait who's this character again right <laughs> yes yeah i couldn't tell a couple of them apart I think it also might have been 
You know that, that thing where when you're reading something, you can tell that you're not connecting to it, and then that just sort of like almost Uroboros like feeds back on itself, <laughs> yeah. this like loop where you're like, man, I'm not enjoying this. Yeah. And it just makes it that much harder. I think that probably played a part into it, which is definitely a me thing and not the book's fault. You know, me paying attention to it is, is up to me. Um, ultimately, yeah, it's probably just they probably just shouldn't have made it which which sucks to say because you know people got work out of it um potentially they had fun you know i don't know the story behind it but Mm -hmm. it's definitely an interesting artifact if nothing else it after i was done reading it uh and i finished it last night um and i had trouble going to sleep again afterward but um (laughs) it scarred you that bad it did um my thought was like, oh, this would have been a much better like YouTube video of somebody yep. explaining, hey, here's, <laughs> here's what this is. So maybe this podcast will be that for people. So they don't kind of like when oh, we did the, uh, the Star Wars holiday special and, you know, we put a lot of different clips in there. So just in case you don't want to rewatch, you can go back and listen to that episode. Go listen to the hideous energy yeah. episode of it. But, um, yeah, the uh, this experience was not was not fun. Um, so Austin and I are on the same page. Stephen, what, what do you I, think? I am fascinated by this. I loved this book. Holy shit. Wow. I had so much fun reading this book. And I'll, and I'll say because it's, I'm, I'm listening to you guys. Brent texted me the other day. I, I don't know what, who started whenever we were talking about reading this and stuff. And as I said, like, I don't have, there's no like individual issues in this. It's just, it all just blends together. So Brent was like, oh my God, like, I'm, it's like, it's tough getting through this, right? I'm on issue two. And I was like, I don't know what issue I'm on. I'm halfway through the book. And like, I read that in one sitting. Like, wow. oh my God. Because uh, <laughs> I just kept going. On the toilet? On the toilet. Yeah, <laughs> I'm still there. Um, uh, <laughs> but, uh, uh, to me, it's like I, I agree that like yes, the the story. This is like the story they threw away. That's like the perfect way to say that. Uh, but uh, it's it's so fascinating to me as, as an ex- exercise because it's like they use like old Ralph McQuarrie designs. They use the old yeah. script. But then, like you said, it's like we live in a world where Star Wars exists. So some of the stuff is like really like. Like, oh, well, that's that's just Greedo. Like, that's Greedo's face. Right. Um, and I don't know what they said in the script or whatever, but it's like they're obviously pulling in other things to kind of fill in the gaps or, like, do some fan service in this. It's obviously only for fans, you know, super fans or whatever that would care to see it. But, um, I, like, overall, like, I, I like some of the concepts they put up. I like the, the Jedi, like, head armor thing. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. They look like Gambit. I, I just... It's just like a whole it, to me. It wasn't like um, it, it wasn't so much in my head where I was like, I know and love the Star Wars I know and love. And then this is a different version. I was like, this very well could have been the Star Wars we know and love. Like mm-hmm. Jedi to us currently could have this weird earpiece head thing, <laughs> you know, that that could have just been part of them. And we would have like I, if you had put in some of those aspects and we would just grew up with that. Would it, you know, would we, would we read this book and read the version we know and be like, how weird, this is so different. Han Solo doesn't look like he's not green. <laughs> they spent way too much time in that trash compactor. Yeah, yeah. right. Like, <laughs> that should have been like so quick. They should have just gotten out of it. So to me, like I had a really fun time reading it just because of this weird alternate reality version of it um, that I like could totally sell myself into. Like I, I could oh, okay. totally, the story sold itself to me. Like, um, 
the different way the people are mm-hmm. and, and the different characters. Like, it doesn't all make sense. Um, <laughs> I also am like, at the very end, I'm like, like there's a, there's a whole scene where, like, Anakin is like, I'm going to be a Jedi. I don't love you. Like, where Leia, out of the blue, is just like, I love you or whatever. And then he's just in bed, and he's just like, I love her too. And then they <laughs> kiss, like, two pages later, and I was like, this makes no sense. Yeah. Um, but overall, like, I, I had a good time. Oh, That's well, so, good. It's so interesting to me. I'm glad so, you enjoyed it. I'll take it. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, well, speaking of the, the different designs, I, I really like the, the Stormtrooper costumes. I think they're called something different mm-hmm. in this book, like Shock Troopers or something like that. Yeah. Uh, but I like their, their designs. And I think that the, the version of Darth Vader in this book is what uh, Anakin should have looked like in the prequel films. You know, that's kind of more along the lines mm. of what I was thinking instead of like... Interesting. Hayden Christensen's skinny ass up there. <laughs> yeah. Like, like a fucking You dork. don't see that working? No. <laughs> yeah. It's so, it's so... There's something there, right? It just doesn't quite... Austin, one of the trivia things I brought up the other day from Revenge of the Sith was that Hayden Christensen wanted to be in the suit instead of like a stunt double. Oh my. And so they, they built it for him, but he had to stand on, like he's a tall dude. He's like six something, six one, mm-hmm. I think. But they were like, he's still not tall enough. So they had to put him on blocks and he had to look through the mouthpiece of Darth Vader's suit. Oh my gosh. And I was like, because you don't fit it, it doesn't work. Yep, it's a bad idea. <laughs> don't yeah. do it's a it. a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, that. But yeah, I, uh, yeah. I, I, I kind of like this as a... Um, Again, it was like remixing of the names and stuff, and like some of the some of the stuff. It's like, oh, like that's like a cloud city. Like they use that in Empire. Like there's there's things that like he clearly pulled, even like to the prequels, like Mace Windu's name and stuff. Like he didn't use, and then right. decades and decades later, it's like he went through his notes and was like, I have this all. You know, I have things I can pull from, and I just thought it was kind of a cool experiment. But uh, um, and. One last thing with the the art, I had, I had mentioned to Brent, I liked it, and he was like, yeah, we'll talk about it. Um, for the most part, I thought it was pretty cool. Like, it, it looks very painterly um, mm-hmm. and stuff. But there are so, I, and I don't know if this is the same kind of program you were talking about, Brent. There are some times that faces look like they weren't actually drawn. They look like they were, they were like, someone took a photo of a face mm-hmm. and put it in a comic filter and Photoshop and then <laughs> pasted it on here. Yeah, I can see that, yeah. I'm trying to look for one. They're, they're very weird. Like, it looks like they ran out of time, and they're like, uh, just put a face on there. It's fine. Yes, uh, put anyone's face. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a, a scene, <laughs> so, it's like a double-page spread toward the end where they, uh, the Wookiees and Luke Skywalker and mm-hmm. uh, Swamp Thing all invade the um, <laughs> the, the thing. Uh, they invade some some base somewhere, and there's uh, a bunch of like battles going on there, um, and that's the most egregious use of the mm. poser program because it's just like okay. weird like body it's like <laughs> they were just like moving the wiring around a little bit it yeah. just looks so so bad um and one of the things you'll see a lot through there uh that's kind of a, a dead giveaway when that happens is like there's always a character like they're either standing completely static and still like fully uh-huh. upright or they're like running but like one shoulder is, is leaning yep. toward the uh, the viewer and the other <laughs> one's away and then uh-huh. uh, occasionally you'll see like hand positions that are drawn just like unnaturally or something that where it, it looks technically okay but uh-huh. it's just like awkward placement for like hand positioning I don't know yeah uh, it drives me fucking nuts I hate it now that you're mentioning it, I, I can see it when I look back mm-hmm. on it. Yeah. It didn't bug me. Like, and, and Austin, like, I, Brent has gotten me into comics over the years, but I'm still a, a comic newbie. 
and uh, we talk a lot about the art. I don't, I don't follow people enough to know, like, oh, this is someone's... Like, I can see distinct art styles, obviously, but, like, I, I couldn't tell you, like, Brett can, like, oh, this is, like, this style, this is this person, or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm not versed as well, but uh, now that you mentioned that, Brent, I get that. Uh, for the most part, I was just like, yeah, like, it's, like, the cool ships and, mm-hmm. you know, cool ideas or whatever. I just kind of went with it, but uh, I could see that, that being annoying. It looks like they talk about it, too. Like, they kind of had to rush through some of the production yeah, as they were designing it still and everything, and they had a lot of people involved, and that seems like it was kind of slapped together a little bit, for sure. Yeah, there was a, a note in the back matter where they were talking about how the artist, uh, Nironje, uh, or whatever we decided his name was, <laughs> um, he had to paint a cover that had the Han Solo design on there, but all they had oh, to use right. was the, the rough, like, character design that... Uh, the uh, Mike Mayhew, the interior artist, had worked up, and it was just like a rough, rough drawing, and that's all they mm. had to go on. So, uh, yeah, it seems like they really like kind of rushed this out. I don't know. Yes, and and Austin, I think it was you that was saying that like they were maybe trying to rush this out before the rights left uh, Dark Horse and went went back over to uh, to Marvel. Um, which I, I can certainly see that being a case. You know, one one final major cash grab uh, there. Um, there is a this one I liked of I think that's Luke, right? Yeah, he reminds me in this scene. I was like, oh, this is Stephen Lang, and they're on Pandora. <laughs> All right, cool. So he's just we're just crossing over now. There's some parts in it. I don't know when this book came out actually, but there's some parts of it that uh, it feels like they pulled people's facial looks and stuff mm-hmm. yeah. uh, a little bit, or uh, again, just kind of slapped it together. But mm-hmm. yeah. I get you. I get you guys. Um, I just still, you know, I enjoyed it. You know, one thing that survived from the the rough draft adaptation that made it into A New Hope was uh, funeral pyres um, because yeah. they mm-hmm. throw a Jawa on the fire in, uh, <laughs> in the, the movie. And this one, they throw a little boy. They just light him yep. ablaze. It's like, well, he's no good to us now. Let's just <laughs> light him up. Bye. Burn him. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a pretty interesting... Uh, it's a pretty pretty interesting item that exists. Mm-hmm. I'm glad I have that. I'm glad Brent bought this for me. I uh, I don't think I'll read this a lot or anything. I, I'd much rather, even though the uh, legend stuff, you know, is not canon anymore. That sounds way more interesting. All the stuff you were talking about earlier. Um, yeah, that's, that I'd much rather put my time towards. That stuff at least you know exists um, in an, an alternate timeline where things are still the things yeah. you know them as. Sure. So it's not as jarring, but just kind of depends on what you want to uh, get into. The All of the young Jedi Academy stuff, mm-hmm. uh, I was a real big fan of. Because that sounds cool. They made some, some pretty interesting character choices with some of the, the people that were in it. I never finished the series because it's like 13 or 14 books. Um, but <clears throat> I read a lot of them when I was that age. I would have been maybe mm-hmm. like 13 or 14. Um, they all have really uh, cool covers. Um, I remember there was, you know, the the book where they were building their lightsabers was a big deal to me. Ooh, that's at the cool. Time. Yeah. Um, I was about to spoil something, but I won't in case you, you ever read oh. them. But earlier you were talking about uh, trivia. One of my favorite things of trivia from so one year for Christmas, David got me that empire strikes back making of book which i recommend mm-hmm. it's amazing massive filled with a, just a ton of info awesome. <laughs> one of the things in there that i had never heard of uh was 
when they were first making Yoda, they were like, how are we going to do this? How are we going to have Yoda be this this small? You know what? Put that costume on a monkey. (laughs) 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 So they fucking dressed up a monkey like Yoda. And I think there's a a still frame of it, if I remember uh, correctly. But also, it might have just been generated by my imagination because (laughs) watching a monkey walk around with a floppy Yoda mask on just seems amazing i mean i guess when you're trying whatever you can but, oh yeah uh, that's, <laughs> that's top unique. of the list has to be dress up a monkey yeah. oh, my oh my god fantastic <laughs> i was trying to find a picture but i can't i, I, I found some stuff uh, around it but it's uh, mostly photoshop stuff so oh yeah but um yeah that's pretty pretty epic well i mean speaking of photoshop um kind of in a way um there's a sure. scene in the the comic um, it's, uh, and the collected edition is pages 98 and, and 99 here, um, where, um, Luke Skywalker and Han Solo, they walk in on, um, Prince Valorum looking at a screen and it's just a, a, a literally a green screen. It seems like something they were going to eventually take out and swap <laughs> out with other graphics, Yeah. but especially on, on a uh, page 99 there. It's just a flat green screen, which is something I would expect to see in a movie, you know, like effects coming soon or whatever. But no, they they did not even try, (laughs) which was so bizarre to me. (laughs) Oh, yeah. What is uh, what's supposed to be back there? (laughs) And it's uh, it's even on the other page, too. Like they they just kept it going. Yeah. 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 Uh, like, Well, we can't fill it in now. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Han Solo is green. He's right there as well. It's just going to key him out. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. It's gonna be a whole doesn't have a face. <laughs> <laughs> I do like Brett. You mentioned earlier that they had had to base the cover and all that stuff on that one sketch. Yeah. And I was like, it, was that just an artist on the on Swamp Thing at the time? And he was like, well, I guess we could just do this. And they're like, go with it. And he's like, wait, don't. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's already in design. Yeah. Because like like, he looks a lot like like his nose. Like oh, that it's, weird. That's a Swamp Thing yeah. face. Like that's his yeah, face for sure. It's him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I used to love Swamp Thing, by the way. That's something I want to revisit. I used to watch those movies as a kid. Oh, I think they okay. are terrible. Mm-hmm. But um, the only, like, re- return to Swamp Thing or something like that with, like, Heather Locklear yeah. is on, like, Amazon Prime right now. But I'm like, I got to see the original first. I can't just jump into the sequel. No, you yeah. got to have continuation of story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I'm very excited to revisit those someday. Um the uh, the other thing that drove me nuts about this comic is the uh, the relationship between Anakin and Leia just fucking sucks. I hate it so much. There's no like in the movies. It's, yeah, not Leia, but yeah, yeah, with Padme. Um, it's it's not earned at all. And a matter of fact, there's a scene where Anakin straight up close fist punches her in the face <laughs> because he's that's he's, where she fell in love man yeah he's essentially picking her up from school she won't go she like let's take all her stuff and he's like there's no time and so he fucking knocks her ass out and then picks her, her up and then yeah man oh my god I like that scene too because she's like my handmaiden is coming too and he's like no we have no time and he punches her and the handmaiden's like uh and she, he's like we're going now and she's like uh okay bring her I'll punch her too <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But man, I just yeah, oh, it drove man. me nuts. I, I, I did not like any. I don't know. Maybe it's a thing with me in, in Star Wars in general. Like for the most part, I don't like a lot of romantic relationships. Like 
Han and Leia, I'm I'm totally Hero. down with that. That makes sense to me. But yeah. you know, I don't know. Like it seems yeah. like it's a uh, an internet or or Twitter specific version of like well these there it's a male character and a female character i mean they have to be into each other like right no they they don't and like even with the the internet trying to make uh finn and, and poa thing like i mean like can't they just be friends like i'm fine with like gay relationships but like it, it's like friendships like period can't exist between right characters in this franchise like not I don't know. every story needs a romantic storyline right yeah uh, and although go uh, yes sorry <laughs> <laughs> you rang you were about to ask me on a date uh, well uh, Brent and I were we got you on the podcast of proposition okay uh, <laughs> my answer is yes <laughs> yes <laughs> Brent the podcast brings in the dudes I'm telling you we're a thruple now <laughs> we're gonna be rolling the dong <laughs> That's the name of your podcast. <laughs> so many good ones today. So, Austin, what what are your thoughts on the the romantic relationships like in Star Wars, like in general, whether it's this book or the OG trilogy, new ones? What do you think? Um, in the OG trilogy, uh, well, the the relationship between Han and Leia is really the only one that I think has um, too much importance. Um, Partially because, well, it's written by um, an amazing screenwriter. But also the whole weird, like, Luke-Leia thing. <laughs> yeah. They didn't know what they were doing, I think, in a couple of those places. Um, the the revelation of Luke being Leia's brother. I don't know. Even, even back then, I was like, wait, but why would you have... I, why would you have her kiss him like that? Not that I that I felt like it was like either the idea of her being like I've I've somehow always known like okay well then that's fucked up if you always <laughs> yeah. knew that. Um, she was like, but I'm still curious, right? I've been watching a lot of Pornhub, <laughs> and I just got this brother. There's a lot of stepbrother and stepsister. Yeah. Yeah. It's everywhere right now. But I, I don't know. The the thing you were saying earlier, Brent, you know, mm-hmm. why can't they just be friends? I think. It's the question Smash Mouth asked on behalf <laughs> of another band, of course, obviously. Right, know? yes. <laughs> but that, that question, well, I think it, you know, it boils down to the, the like, classic dramatical structure mm-hmm. where it's uh dramatical dramatic um i was going with it, with it. Go yeah i it. have no idea yeah. I'm, remember i'm an idiot i no clue <laughs> yeah, dramatical i'm gonna use that um, on monday at work probably yeah. this is pretty <laughs> dramatical guys yeah. um where you yeah you have you seen uh stranger than fiction yeah the wolf Ferrell yeah, movie. Wolf Ferrell movie. yeah yeah so dustin hoffman plays a character he's a, a professor of literature and he talks about how there are two basic bitches definition yeah oh okay yes <laughs> um comedy and drama yeah and in drama you the end of the story is you die and comedy the end uh, end of the story is you get married mm. um and i don't think that's necessarily 100 percent true but i think when people see certain things like action movies or um adventure movies they want to have that like sort of comforting 
plot where they know what it's going to be. I talk about it a lot. I've, I did talk about it a lot on Hideous Energy because I really like romantic comedy as a genre, but people do it so poorly a lot of times. <clears throat> and I talk about the the almost like contract that you enter into before you go to see a movie. Like, mm-hmm. I know that this Rise of Skywalker movie we see is going to end positively. I know mm-hmm. the good guys are going to win. But I, I still go in knowing that hoping that the movie is going to surprise me. So mm-hmm. with, with the romantic relationships, I think it's pretty similar where it's like, like you said, like, well, they've got to be into each other for a lot of people. That is the, the baseline thing where it's like, and now the love story shows up because that's the part of the mm-hmm. movie that we're in now. Yeah. Um, I don't think they need to be in every movie. And in fact, I think they end up detracting from storylines more often than not. Um, just because if you're tacking on a love story to an adventure story, um, it, it feels dashed off. You know, it feels like you didn't put enough time into it to, to build it up, which is why in the movie Pacific Rim, which is not a deep movie, the the main characters don't engage in a uh, romantic relationship. It's more of a working relationship. You know, they thank God. Yeah. There's that scene at the end where they like rest their foreheads against each other. But my mm-hmm. read of it is more of a like friendship. Like, yeah, we're happy we survived. <clears throat> and with Star Wars. I don't know. The relationship shown between Anakin and Amidala is so horrible. Yeah. <laughs> Just. Yeah. So breathtakingly bad. <laughs> yeah. That afterwards, <laughs> now, any any of the new movies like Rise uh, or um, Force Awakens, any of those characters having romantic relationships together, I fear it just because mm-hmm. I don't want them to mess it up and have it be so poorly done that mm-hmm. it basically like poisons the movie in a way that makes it sound like I mean... I'm strictly just talking about romantic, uh, mm. romantic plot lines in general. I'm not referring to any specific people getting together. If Poe and Finn end up together, that'll be fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. If, if they do it in a way that doesn't serve story, then as a film goer, there will be a part of me that's like, well, yeah, that's cool, but the story doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Just kind of depending on how they do it. Um, if they were to do something like that. Um, because for me, story and character being the two main things that I want them to deliver on, if if they're going to do something like that, then yeah, put the work in and, and build it up over the uh, an appropriate length of time so that it feels paid off properly. Yeah, yeah. And I, I feel bad for, for shitting on Star Wars uh, earlier. Uh, so I'll shit on something that I enjoy, which is the, uh, the MCU. <laughs> so in uh, Captain America Civil War... There's a scene where Sharon Carter uh, gives um, Steve Rogers a kiss, which is technically correct and that that's they have a romantic relationship in the comics. But it just seems so odd and out of place in that movie because those characters don't have that connection. And, you know, even up through Endgame, uh, we know Steve has a connection with uh, um, Mm. Peggy. Peggy. Yes. Saved it. 
We got there. We got there. Um, so yeah, it's, Brent it's, would not have forgiven himself. No. no. Um, and then you know, going back briefly to um, the Last Jedi, uh, I know you guys had talked about it a bit earlier, um, but uh, I went back and rewatched it um, earlier this week, and uh, I liked it more than I did the first time I watched it. Not that I like hated it the first time, but. Um, you know, it was brand new and I, I wasn't as into Star Wars as I, I am this year. Um, so I, I liked it more, but one of the things that still drives me nuts is, uh, the, the end of the movie where, where Rose, uh, saves Finn and then she, uh, says that she kind of insinuates that she saved him for love. I don't know if that's romantic love or what. And then she kisses him on the lips and then that just seemed like out of nowhere and, my my issue isn't like the two of them getting together. It's like there was no setup. It's just it's like if C three PO walked up to Finn and, and kissed him, you know. Yeah. Um, well, I think I think there is an aspect of it that is related to this like really human desire. Like this is gonna sound like a joke, but I'm it's kind of a joke, but I'm also being serious. Where we just want to see hot people kiss, and mm-hmm. that's. Like, I, I get it. Like, I would absolutely watch Oscar Isaac make out with John Boyega. Like, bring it on. Yeah. I don't fucking care. Like, let's... If they kiss, cool. Zip. Yep. Yeah. Do it. <laughs> yeah. Hot, hot people kissing is one of the big reasons why those storylines end up happening. Whether sure. it's because of fans wanting it or because in the movie they're like, well, we got to make fucking these hot people kiss each other. Look at them. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's what, you know, the Steve and whatever Carter kiss. Um, mm-hmm. Like, yeah, like, two hot people kissing. It doesn't necessarily mean, mean as much storyline-wise. But in that moment, you're like, okay, yeah. Obviously, if, if, I'm, if I'm there with Captain America and he looks like that, motherfucker's getting kissed <laughs> with his it's consent. like when ant-man meets him he's like oh wow you are muscly yes yeah, right <laughs> so and i think paying that off the rose and finn relationship i don't think the script has enough in it to support it mm-hmm. but i don't really know that they care and by they in this case i'm referring to ryan johnson <laughs> because yeah. it's just one of those like movie things you know the movie is yeah. here so someone's got to be kissing somebody yeah i uh i think that it works with han and leia because for one their their love story is more like short little vignettes kind of placed here and there and so it's not as like it's not like you're following their love story they're just like their banter yeah. here and there and then obviously they get together and it's like a bigger part now in the the new trilogy and stuff with kylo and all that but um also their chemistry sells it so like you you believe that they would be this way and that they do love each other um and i feel like to me i i I had said something to brent i think last week about the the poe and finn relationship and i was like i just never thought about it but now that people online like want it i'm like well i would be cool with that but um their chemistry whether they're friends or their eventual lovers whatever like their chemistry is just good together oh it's amazing and and so that I could believe, I think, like a Han and Leia, like if in the celebration at the end of Rise, they were to kiss or, or hug or something, you know, I would just be like, yeah, that's fine. And we can move on with it. And it could just be like a quick thing. And 
otherwise, like they're they're very focused. Like Finn is very focused, basically, on his friendship with Ray and yeah. and now Rose and stuff. And Finn is and and Poe is like focused on you know fighting for what he believes in and stuff. And they just have other goals than yeah. a love story. So if they placed it in there, I could go with that. But Anakin and fucking Padme, like an Amidala, it's just like I didn't believe any of it, so it just felt really bad. Yeah, mm-hmm. part yeah, and there it's performance based it's script based yeah the han and leia thing they are setting that up over the course of well all of new hope um Mm -hmm. whether or not that was in the cards before kazan came on to write i don't know but within empire you see it set up up until bespin so then that final admission which is just an amazing line where she Mm -hmm. says i love you and he says i know and and they're reunite, uh, you know, being reunited in Jedi is, yeah. is the payoff to these things that they set up over the course of two whole movies. So then yeah. <laughs> having characters Versus get together this. in a movie, like that's mm. a tough thing to build up to and have it mm-hmm. feel appropriate and, and, and weighty enough because yeah. you want it to, to have weight unless you don't really care and it's just a toss off thing like, yeah, yeah, they're going to get together. Um, and that's kind of how it felt with Rose and, and, and Finn. Um, Mm -hmm. you're right though, that like Finn and, and Poe's chemistry, like that scene where they're going to steal that TIE fighter in force awakens. It's seriously, I giggle through the whole thing. Like, (laughs) yeah, it's so great. And their banter is, oh man, it's amazing. Like both of those guys acting wise, the script, like how it's shot, all of it is fantastic. Mm-hmm. And their chemistry is absolutely real. So, I uh, yeah. I brought up to Brent the uh, the jacket that Finn gets yes. from Poe, and then Poe later on, he like touches his arm and he's like, "No, it looks good on you." Yep. And I was like, "I got," ch- I was like, "Yeah, yeah. fuck, right, <laughs> like, right." Even <laughs> if, chemistry there. Even if it is just him being like, like it's a friend thing, it still is one of yeah. those like. There's a charge to it where he's like mm-hmm. a- acknowledging him. Like, that's earlier referring to the thing you were talking about, Brent. Like, why can't they just be friends? Like, mm-hmm. that is one thing that I feel like there's more now, but showing like really close friendships between people um, is a, an aspect of filmmaking that I, that I, I, I want to see more of. Like, yeah. Really mm-hmm. close friendships between people, regardless of sex. Maybe it yeah. is to um, cisgender males. Maybe it's not. You know, just really close friendships, like mm-hmm. those, are just as important in in different ways as romantic relationships. Like, yeah, it's fun to watch hot people kiss, but it's also fun to be like, oh, look, that guy is with his best friend, and you can tell that they are comfortable yeah. together and mm-hmm. that they're having a great time. Like that stuff is super important too. So if they use that as a way to just be like, no, you know what? Pin and or Finn and Poe are just like super best friends and, and mm-hmm. they get each other. I would like that. But ultimately the goal of these movies is not those things. You know, it's they're mm-hmm. giant space opera adventure stories. So any of mm-hmm. this stuff is, is most likely just going to be kind of added on. Well, yeah. well, like if there was a scene when, um, Poe lets Finn keep his jacket and then he takes a beat as his like hands are on his shoulders and then he like Poe takes his fingers and just like puts it in Finn's mouth <laughs> right just, just lingers there for, right. for a bit yeah 
And then he'd take his fingers out and that's, sniffs that's it and then runs for. off to the background. Yeah. yeah now I would I would be like, that's a choice. I don't I'm not I don't see where that came from, but I'm gonna have to rewatch this. Well, it'll pay Jumps. off in episode nine. It jumps down to BB-8, and he's just like... (laughs) (laughs) He does the little thumbs up with the fire. (laughs) (laughs) So um, there was another thing uh, re-watching The Last Jedi that stood out to me, which is this is my second time watching it. So the first time I saw it, I was I was just kind of like generally confused about the the thing that Luke does at the end, obviously spoilers, but um, where, where Luke... I like force projects himself onto the fuck yeah the, does. the salt planet or whatever, <laughs> um, and you know rewatching it back and how there's no he doesn't leave footprints and there's no like sound mm. of, of him like walking around and everything that's that's pretty cool it's a nice little hint there, but um, it's not as jarring to me as I think people make it out to be now that we like because there's a there's a, a couple of scenes earlier where. Um, Ray and um, and uh, Kylo Ren are being connected, you know. Yes. Um, and Snoke mentions that he he does it because he's he's powerful enough to do that. Um, and then also there's a scene where they're able to like physically touch yeah. like briefly as well. So I felt like all that stuff was set up, and I I didn't catch that the first time. Not that it really like mm-hmm. bothered me because I, I just didn't know how the force worked and evidently you can just like do stuff whenever whenever you want as long as the the story dictates that you can do it like i guess in episode one they they have like flash level speed that oh, they yeah. can run at and then it, it just kind of never comes up again they can jump like two stories <laughs> yeah <laughs> all kinds of crazy shit and they're not masters well one of them's not obi-wan's not the the mm-hmm. luke thing when he's projecting himself in the last jedi I'll fucking fist fight anybody who tells me it's not cool because it's it is the, <laughs> the coolest cool. thing ever. The, the the second that I saw that it was happening in the theater, I seriously could have stood up and flipped every fucking chair in the place just in pure <laughs> pure joy because it was like that to me was the badass Luke thing where yeah. you want to see Luke be the badass, and it was in a way where it wasn't just him fucking flashing around like in in mm-hmm. phantom menace you know he was using the force in a new and interesting way but capitalizing on ways they set up in this movie but also what are force ghosts you know why do, are some jedis coming back as ghosts and why are some not um yeah like, i there's a lot of that stuff that i don't want to know the answer to but seeing him projecting himself I feel like it connects a, a couple dots in a way where I'm like, okay, I think I can kind of get my mind around mm-hmm. some of the things that they're doing with the force, but I don't want to know at all. Like I, I, this is enough for me. And the mm-hmm. idea that he would then become one with the force after that. And if Snoke is as powerful as he can be to do something like that, then chances are good. Yeah. We're going to find out that he was, I don't know if he's a clone of Palpatine or, or how the Palpatine thing's going to be mm-hmm. working out. I have not watched any new trailers for Rise of Skywalker. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I haven't seen a single you have. one. Wow. wow that's cool. A lot of self-control. <laughs> yeah. I wish. I wish I did that. I, I set out to do that like every time, don't I, Brett? I'm uh-huh. like, I'm at least, I'm, I usually like, I'll watch the first one, mm-hmm. but I won't watch the next one. And now they're releasing like a TV spot a day yep. and I have avoided those. 
But uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of good trailers out there, but it's probably better just to go in blind, mm-hmm. as blind as possible. Yeah, I yeah. Have, I've seen some stills, obviously, and mm-hmm. some posters and stuff, but I haven't watched any of the trailers. Man, that's cool. I really like to. It's so hard, like. Uh, really, it's it's like Brent will text me, and then my brother Danny, who's a huge Star Wars fan and got me into it and stuff, he'll text me and be like, the new one's out. And I'm like, yeah, I'll wait. And it's like five minutes later, I'm like, I got to watch it. Like, I need self-control over I'll it. wait for five minutes. Yeah, for five minutes. But, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm super pumped for the new one. Um, I have a few theories, but I've tried to stay away from most people's theories. Yeah. And there's so many spoilers online people have talked about to avoid, so... I'm just glad it's coming up soon. Like you said, I'm, I'm also just like, I'm ready for it to be over. Yeah. Because the anticipation is a lot. And I mean, this is the culmination of decades of work yeah. through thousands of people and mm-hmm. just crazy. So, yeah, there's um, less than a week as we're recording this to, uh, to finding out all of that stuff. So it'll be fun to hear like the, the after talk. Well, maybe mm. fine. I guess it depends on how pissed off people get but just to like think about like oh here's what i was expecting to happen right and here's something totally different kind of like when uh we watched avengers endgame i had maybe some thoughts of where it would go but there was so much um kind of disinformation that was out there that i was mm-hmm. excited about because yeah. i don't i don't let me go in there and experience it for itself um and it i i remember seeing like an interview or like a headline about kathleen kennedy commenting on why they've put so much inform or like uh, I guess so much footage out there from the trailer and I wouldn't be surprised if, if Disney being who they are have gone through there and like, you know, maybe digitally altered some mm. things. Yeah. there just sprinkled some uh, red herrings. Yeah. 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 So for that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, we'll see how it all plays out. Maybe, I those, know. maybe those Ewoks will come back. I'm just saying. Oh, <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> I'll be totally down for that. So Austin, you're going to see it on Thursday night. Seen it Thursday night, yeah. Uh, Hell yeah, be me on too. IMAX. Um, oh damn! Mm, okay. The like very first showing that night. Taking the next day nice. off of work, and then uh, nice. <laughs> gonna watch the holiday special day after that. Hell yeah! Sweet. Hell yeah! Stephen, when are, when are you watching it? I am also uh, seven thirty Thursday night. I've had my tickets since the first trailer came out. Yeah. Holy shit! All three of us. I just got tickets like yep. the middle of last week. I was like, oh yeah, I'm I guess so surprised I, sh- I, I had them available. Look, this yeah. is Oklahoma, you know. It was, yeah. <laughs> come on now. <laughs> There's only three people there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, okay, well, cool. Uh, did you guys have anything else you wanted to mention about either the Star Wars or Return or uh, the? Whatever we've discussed today, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good. Oh, yeah. We talked a lot, a lot of good stuff. Yeah, I mean, got it. Yeah. No one will awesome. have to say anything else about Star Wars now. We did it. There, yeah. there you go. There we, we go. We did it, guys. <laughs> it's an accomplishment. So uh, let's go over to plugs. Austin, would you like to plug either social media, anything you're working on, anything like that? Uh, yeah, um, swing by austinrwilson.com. I've got some free comics. Uh, comics yeah. illustrated by Seth T. Hani. We got some Luca Vasayo art up there. Uh, all written by me, all lettered by David uh, under the name DC Hopkins. I've got some nice. prose short stories that also have art by Luca Vasayo. Um, so check that out. I recently did an interview with the writer musician Dylan Hicks. He wrote a book called Boarded Windows and did a companion album to it called Dylan Hicks Sings Bowling Green, where he wrote 10 songs that were basically. Um, what he imagined the songs of this fictional country singer to be like. Uh, so he recorded that album and then released it uh, sort of around the same time as the book. Um, 
I fell in love with the, uh, the album almost immediately. Um, kind of a country, sort of not country, um, kind of jazzy type stuff, but I, I really, really dig it. Uh, so I, I chatted with him via email. We've got a lot more uh, interviews I want to do, and there's another one that I have planned for this month. Um, I haven't revealed you know, who it's going to be with yet because it could still fall through, but want to um, get that one done and get that out. Um, I'm writing and submitting short stories pretty regularly. Uh, um, one thing I want to always tell people is rejection is a part of it so got rejected the other day submitted the story to another place the day after that which is uh, always a big deal for anyone who's listening and writing um mm-hmm. don't let it get you down just keep going um mm-hmm. but then i have another big project in the works that i'm not ready to announce yet because it's not 100 percent finished but it is not like anything else that i've done cool. um so it's coming uh, hopefully within the first half of next year. Um, wow. Okay. Yeah. It's, there's a lot of stuff that has to be done with it, um, which I'll tell you guys off air for, you know, everyone who's listening. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, but once it gets finished, uh, then I'll have a lot more to announce and, and talk about, but it's a big, just thing that I wasn't ever expecting to be a part of. So awesome. That's Very coming cool. next year. Hell yeah. Um, and hopefully just more comics and short stories uh, for people to check out. And you've got a, a book called Reproduct. Uh, that's R-E dot P-R-O dot D-U-C-T uh, that people can buy on Amazon. I believe it's on Comixology as well. I, and Yes. I think it's out of just, print uh, through Magnetic Press, who now is owned by Oni, I think. I uh, think they just – didn't they just leave – did they? No, wait. Yeah, you're right. They, I guess they were part of Lion Forge. I don't know. They were. It's a, out there. They were a part of Lion Forge, and then Lion Forge got bought by Oni. Um, okay. So yeah, pretty sure it's out of print. But yeah, check it out. Um, that's the oldest stuff that I have out right now. So uh, not what I would call representative of uh, where I am currently as a writer, but definitely check it out. Mm-hmm. Illustrated by Logan Farber, uh, designed and lettered by David, uh, yeah. with, with a backup by uh, Seth Tihani and another backup by. Uh, Sabrina. Uh, so check that out. Mm-hmm. And Austin, I had uh, put out there on Twitter that you're going to be on the show. And one of our listeners contacted me. This is from Brent Bibbard. Um, he writes, <laughs> Oh, he, uh, he, he wants to know, I assume it's a, he, I don't know. Yeah, you know, it's like, uh, yeah. you know, gender fluid. Um, they want to know if the Tetra storyline from super cute <laughs> is ever going to be completed. I believe you, David, Daniel Sanchez, and I were working on that. And I think, I think we're like getting pretty close to being done with that, but I think we hmm. are pretty close to uh, getting done with that. I can guarantee yeah. that it'll be done at some point. <laughs> at some point. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. I'll take that. <laughs> Before I watched the last Jedi, I went back and listened to your 350th episode of hideous energy. Oh gosh. Which was your last regular episode. No, it was good. And, uh, by the way, last nine minutes, you're going to hear a sound effect that is just hysterical. Yeah. So tune in for that. No spoilers, but, um, on it at the beginning of the episode, which was recorded in 2017. Um, you had mentioned super cute, guaranteed, going to be wrapped up 2018. Here we are, 2019, going into 2020. Almost 2020. Yeah. Um, well, there's a couple things that happened. Yeah. David had a kid. Huh. Right. So selfish. Right. Selfish on his fucking Very guy. selfish. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then. Uh, 
David had a kid. <laughs> that's not a, that's not the only thing. <laughs> but yeah, so it's basically one selfish. David prick. ruined He's it all. Holding everything back. No, I, I definitely want to finish it, and I, I we are pretty close. Mm. I think there's only a couple. Um, I think there's only a couple shorts, or I, I forget how we were uh, putting it together. Um, mm-hmm. And once we get it finished, and I know that we still want to do the big compilation too. So, um, mm-hmm. I would say, yeah. Compilation, yes, I'm on board for that. Thank you. <laughs> I need some more super cute in my life have, for sure. So I still drink out of the mug that uh, has uh, <sighs> has Leonard and uh, whatever is Bronson. <laughs> Bronson. You know what's funny? <laughs> I, just, uh, I forgot his name. Th- there's just a few of those mugs that were made, and I believe it was it was weird. I gave I gave a mug to one of those friends I know in real life, and I'm trying to remember. <laughs> it seemed like something happened to it. Oh no. Um, <sighs> Steven, do you remember I, me telling you about this? It was a... It's kind of yeah, weird. it's almost as if um, one of your best friends uh-huh. um, had that bug and loved it, and his uh, wife dropped it. Oh, no. <laughs> dropped it or threw it on the ground. And here's the thing, though. <laughs> she was so upset, and she said, my mug. Oh, oh okay. And All I was right. like, my Your mug? mug? <laughs> and she said... She said, Brent gave this to me. And I said, Brent gave that to me. <laughs> Interesting. So she is also a fan okay. and uh, was very upset. Interesting storyline all around. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, we no longer have a mug. It is in a landfill somewhere and making that landfill so cheery because yeah. uh, it was great. But uh, alas. Well, then, Brent, okay. uh, since the words cost me nothing, I'll guarantee it'll be finished in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> It's a fucking new decade. You guys can do whatever you want. It's going to be awesome. You know, read that as 2028. Uh, we'll get around to it yeah. eventually, right? I'll talk to David. I know there's not a ton left, so uh, we could definitely uh, see about getting it finished. But also, your oh, yeah. art has probably changed so much now, right? Gotten worse. Yeah, sure. I'll say it. Yeah. I'll put it out there. I hear what you're saying. I'll read between those lines. You know what? That's an interesting thing I wasn't expecting. So now I'm definitely invested <laughs> in finishing it. um yeah okay so steven should we go through our i guess plugs i guess we have to i mean what's the point really we have to look they're in the show notes (laughs) you know yeah we'll go through it i guess you know email us let's talk about stuff podcast gmail.com you know that shit follow us on twitter and instagram at ltas pod i'm reading it but not very well (laughs) obviously very enthused about it yeah. yeah You follow Stephen on Letterboxd and Twitter at Stephen Fisher twenty two. You can follow me, I guess, at Twitter and Insta- at Twitter and Instagram on Twitter and mm-hmm. <sighs> both of them. Whatever at Brent Hibbard. You want more <laughs> more shit like this? Why would you? But Brent is powering down. He's actually an android. I can feel uh, it. I, that coffee's wearing off. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. pretty close too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then all you know, you can always follow Reginald Vell Johnson on Twitter at Arvell Johnson. You know, he needs that blue check mark. You know, dad from Family Matters. Um, I, I possible dad from Die Hard. I don't know. <laughs> He's Bruce Willis's dad in Die Hard. You know <laughs> okay. that, right? yeah. That's an interesting plot turn. <laughs> hey, you know what? Now the movie makes sense to me. It's because uh, he's his wife is pregnant at the time, but mm-hmm. it's a time travel scenario. I'm gonna, okay, I have to rewatch uh, it. It's, it's a big thing. <laughs> yeah. It's a bit, it's loopers involved. You get it? It's yeah. It's all one big thing. Well, yeah, uh, Bruce Willis is in, in both. Yeah, of course. Exactly. Sure. Exactly. Uh, uh, I, I did see the other day. I was like, I was like, how how does one get the blue check mark, and how can we start a real campaign for that? And I found a, uh, a Twitter link, mm-hmm. their official site for it, and they said we are not accepting applications at this yep. time. 
Okay. I was like, you bastards, we've been working on this for months. They're actually, <laughs> they've been talking about maybe phasing it out. There you go. Damn it. Well, we tried. Yeah. Right yeah, we tried. That's what we get for trying. That's the lesson I'm learning. Yeah. Don't try anymore. <laughs> nope. So. 2020, no more trying. <laughs> well, speaking of not trying anymore, Stephen, what are we discussing <laughs> on the next episode of the podcast? Uh, we are finally going to get to uh, Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. Huh. Ooh. So That's pretty good the, timing. Uh, into this long journey, mm-hmm. and uh, very excited to talk about it. So. Hell yeah. And then, Austin, you and David are doing... A, another episode of Hideous Energy on that very same movie. Is that correct? That is correct. Yeah, we'll record prior to going to the theater, um, maybe even on cool. the way there. And then after. I always like when you guys do that. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. Um, Changes up a little bit. Feel a little, <laughs> yeah. feel a little different. Uh, and then yeah. afterwards, uh, we'll talk more. And then, yeah, I'm sure it'll be out for the seven people who still care about the show. <laughs> <laughs> Brent and I, uh, since we live in different cities, um, I'm going to call him mm-hmm. in the theater and we're going to record uh, just to, like whispering to yes. each other, just doing like a live mm-hmm. stream. Um, I think it'd be great. I think people are going to like yep. it. Mm-hmm. Um, I have no problems using the phone in the theater, obviously. Brent knows that. Yeah. And, um, you know, since I'm going to be taking all those empty beer cans in there anyway, you know, <laughs> what's a little more noise, you know? You're not even drinking them? <laughs> just in your backpack of empty beer cans? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to pregame, drive there. Oh, okay. And okay, then, I got you. Know, set up. What's yeah. in your bag, sir? This is 42 empty beer cans. <laughs> They're empty. It's fine. Look, don't maybe somebody's going to get married during this movie. I don't know. I'm going <laughs> to yeah. have to rush out and find their car. Leave me alone. I'm planning. Yeah. Fantastic. All right. Well, yeah, looking forward to that. And, uh, yeah, uh, Austin, thanks for coming on the show. That was a lot of yeah, fun. thank you. Thank you very much for having me. It was uh, a ton of fun. I always love talking about Star Wars and fun talking to you guys. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Very cool. Well, uh, definitely check out Hideous Energy and their new podcast for Rise of, this, Rise of Skywalker as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, between the – I don't know about you guys and how long you guys run, but we're about to three hours now. So uh, <laughs> I'm sure we'll do the same for Rise of Skywalker. We might get like six hours out of content out of the – fellows here right now but uh looking forward to it so uh without further ado until next time i'm steven i'm brent i was austin (laughs) hey cool i like that and let's talk later And then if all of us uh, can uh, use a sync word so I can just sync up our audio tracks and make the editing process a little bit easier, that'd be great. Uh, I understand neither of you are feeling well, so if we could just do something super easy, like, I don't know, let's say uh, zebra noises um, <laughs> on three. <laughs> it's very specific. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, let's just sync with, uh, with the word uh, bindu um, okay. on three. All right, so... Bindu on three. One, two, three. Bindu. Bindu. Like Beckham. There we go. Yeah. We got it. We're there. We're there. I didn't realize the rest of the sentence. That's my bad. It'll sync up fine. fine. It's embarrassing. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you guys can hear my cat in the background meowing like he's got a bullet wound. Um, but if so, <laughs> Mine does that as I well. apologize. Yeah. You did shoot your cat, though, right? Every time I record a podcast, Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tradition. Yeah. <laughs> and I were like, oh, motherfucker, yes. Oh, my God, it's a new ship. This is fucking amazing. What? That's crazy. Holy shit. World devastators. Uh-oh.
I can't quit Star Wars, man. L P A S.